What's up, everybody? It's Hotline League 161. I haven't been this enthusiastic for an episode of Hotline League in some time. And it's all because of the crazy games that we had this weekend. We're going to be talking about that throughout the whole episode. Nothing else. There's been no other news. Nothing has happened. Of course, imports, uh, imports, 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 <laughs> imports, imports, imports. Uh, McDonald's. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're talking about the global economy on this episode. Okay. Um, so first off, shout out to our sponsors, <laughs> Alienware and, Hotline, and uh, Gamefield. They both power Hotline League, and uh, we love we love them. We'll talk about more of them or both of them later on as we get further into the show. Uh, but first off, my constant co-host is here, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going? It's going good. I feel like you have a different angle than you normally do on the show. I mean, maybe I, I have it more like this. Yeah, than that. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. Okay. Good. We're good. No, cr- no crotch shots. Please. <laughs> uh, but what? How's how you been, Mark? What's been going on with you? Uh, not much. Uh, Ashley just finished. Is like working through the audiobook for the fourth Harry Potter book. It's really fucked up how Audible doesn't let you pick what narrator you want. And so, like, they, living in the U.S., they suggest Jim Dale, I think his name is. No, I don't know the guy. Maybe he's good. But he's just, like, some crusty-ass, old-sounding American dude. And, like, I cannot believe that this is Hogwarts when there's some normal-ass American guy. And so I had to try and find the Stephen Fry version, who, by the way, Stephen Fry is incredible. Um, But, like... You can't do that because apparently I live in the United States, so I had to go find some. But I don't think it's Audible. I think that's probably the publishers, right? Like, there's probably somebody who owns the rights in the UK and somebody who owns the rights in the US. I mean, I'm not here to get into politics, Travis, all right? I'm just saying it's busted that I have to find some janky workaround to listen to Stephen Fry tell me about Harry Potter. Wait, what's wrong with homegrown native uh, narrators? What do you have against that, Mark? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to get to the the, the original. Oh, you want an import? I yeah, see. I don't. <laughs> uh, anyways, then I watched the movie tonight, and it's it's good. You know, I know I know we don't like J.K. Rowling for very good reasons, um, but goddamn, is some of that stuff magical? It's overrated. Anyway, do do, it, do you want to open that can of worms, dude? Right, look, I like war. I like Harry Potter, but like I don't know. I it's it's like uh it look it's good for what it is, which is like a mass market thing. But there's so much stuff in there. Mark, why don't they use the time turner just in the other books that seems like such a great way to defeat people is just flipping back time. Yeah, sure. It's fucking incoherent as hell. It wasn't trying to be like this insane thing. Exactly. And it's not an insane. Are you going to go like Mickey Mouse cartoons and be like, "Well, some of the logic here just uh, doesn't hold up." This children's book, I don't like how. Listen, man, it grew with its audience in a way that no series ever has and ever will again. It capitalized on the changes that you go through better than anything else. You, you connect it to the readership. Twitch chat says Jim Dale is from England. Well, I don't know. He sounded American. Anyway. We've got That's Primal on as well. First time on the show. Welcome, That's Primal, to... Can I just call you Primal? Just call me Primal, man. Okay. uh, I've known you for so long, and uh, I'm just just reteaching myself. Anyway, uh, let's... How how are you doing? How's your week been? I'm doing fantastic. You know, I don't don't know what kind of slander you were throwing at Harry Potter, because I actually disconnected mid-statement. Okay. So you're still good in my book. I was actually considering just leaving. Uh, when gotcha. I heard those, those, those slanderous terms, but yeah, I'm doing fantastic, man. 
Great. It's good to be alive. Yeah. Uh, so we we have you on the show. I, I think Mark and I had talked about reaching out to you uh, towards the start of the season when you, you joined the LCS broadcast. Um, and because Mark and I are terrible at putting any effort into actually making the show good, uh, despite the fact that it's the crown jewel of Travis Gafford Industries, uh, we just hadn't reached out. And then this past week, I realized it was the perfect week to reach out to you. Uh, because I know you did this, you mentioned this sort of at the very start on the very first day of lock-in, but a lot of people don't know your background. They're just like, oh, is, he's just like a dude they brought onto the LCS broadcast. Uh, they don't know that you were formerly at Riot uh, before leaving and now returning in this capacity. Do you want to explain a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess, I mean, it depends on how far back we want to go. Uh, so I've changed my real name and my, my I guess, summoner name, gamertag, whatever you want to call it. I um, want to learn I, about wellplayed.org. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when I was in college, I got really into StarCraft II during the beta and uh, became pretty good at the game, but just also got really involved in the community. And I was a StarCraft subreddit monitor, uh, sorry, moderator. Started organizing tournaments for fun. And those tournaments, for the time, they had great production value for online tournaments and good organization. Eventually made a company out of it called Well Played, and we produced tournaments for like MLG and IGN, and we did our own stuff. And from during Well Played, I transitioned from StarCraft into League of Legends, just really, really fell in love with the game. When I graduated college, um, I interned actually at Riot right before I graduated. Graduated, went back to Riot, um, and then I was there at Riot for seven years. Started off doing league operations, so disciplinary action, rules, tournament formats, analytics, that kind of stuff for uh, North America and global. Uh, and then I transitioned into doing league ops for global, so just focused on like the overall global ecosystem, you know, import rules, stuff that we're going to talk more about today. Then I moved on to leading the events team, so I ran the international events, so MSI, Worlds, All-Stars. Left Riot, this is a whole crazy journey, that's a whole, a whole another story, but left Riot to become a pro gamer in TFT, because uh, I was quite good at TFT. Did that for pretty much all of 2020, most of 2020, and was also a commentator. So I was a content creator and commentator for TFT, commentated TFT Worlds. I guess Riot saw that, they liked what I did. They were like, hey, you want to go do LCS stuff? I was like, hell yeah, I want to do it. Um, in terms of like actually playing the game, I was a high elo Hecarim one trick. I actually had like the most Hecarim games in the world at one time. It was actually a big problem. Um, <laughs> and uh, then I started commentating for LCS on the analyst desk this year. So I'm in like going and into week seven of that. That is there's, the path. There, there's a very important question that uh, Twitch chat's asking now. It's got me curious. How yeah. much have you find from CLG? Oh, shit, man. Dude, I think I feel like I actually recused myself from CLG rulings because I was so biased. I have a CLG. I literally have a CLG banner from the old LCS studio in my place. But definitely thousands. I mean, there was, it was all the it Nick, Al Nick Allen, I think, digits. got how many, the pleasure how many of digits? doing five. that. How many digits? Yeah, five digits. No, I think it's four. <laughs> the fines were smaller back then, dude. Everyone was poorer, man. You couldn't go around <laughs> handing out five-digit fines. That's true. Bankrupt the league. I mean, what's so funny now is, uh, not to go too off topic before we get into stuff, is I've thought frequently about the challenge. Like, how, what do you do if you were still at Riot? How would you approach this? Because there are some teams that are playing either at league minimum or close to league minimum for some of the players. 
which is 75 grand now, by the way, I believe. So it's like still a substantial amount of money, but, uh, and, and they're operating on a budget that is like a fraction of some of the budgets that the other teams are operating on. You have players like Niles got fined, I think a grand like for Niles, I don't want to speculate on his personal finances, right? But that perhaps is a greater percentage of his situation than Sword Art, who's making millions. So, like, how I'm actually kind of curious, what would you do in those situations where you have such huge variance and, like, the fines mean dramatically different things? Yeah, it's rough. I mean, I would probably, without having thought about this at all, probably do something like a two-layered fine where there's a base fine of, like, let's say for Niles' offense, it's, a I don't know, $500. Um, and then it's the rest scales off of how much you actually make a year. Yeah. Now, the tricky thing is I don't know if Riot actually has legal rights to do that because they don't pay the entirety of the player's salary, right? So what they can do is fine against the, the minimum. That yeah. I don't know if Riot still guarantees the minimum and pays it themselves, but um, they might not have legal recourse to fine the entirety of someone's salary like a, like a Perks or a Jensen. But yeah. in an ideal world, that's what I would do. I would, I would also give them the option to forego the fine and appear on league con on Hotline League. The, the, oh, the play if the player could come on Hotline League instead. Yeah, they could they could uh, dodge the fine if they came on Hotline. We league. would definitely be getting a lot of the newer players to the league that way. <laughs> that uh, I think perhaps some of the the <laughs> long standing stars. Um, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> what a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it community is, service, you know. Yes. Everyone's like, "I'll pay the fine, dude. No fucking way." Yeah. Maybe you sit down with Travis. <laughs> no, and it's Mark true. Two hours. It's true. I mean, there are. I, I have heard. So I, I have not seen this, but I have heard, and it must not be on this. They must not have done it this year because I've gotten a chart. I've asked Riot for the, the fines to date for this year, but I've heard in the past teams that just eat the fines on media stuff because there are required media. Um, like you have to do so many interviews or something like that. And sometimes teams will be like, ah, we don't want to do the interviews and they'll just eat the fine, uh, which I think is, is kind of funny. So whatever. Anyway, uh, so before we get to the, the spicy stuff or like the biggest story, what, what news happened last week that wasn't related to the uh, import rule as it, as it is? Uh, obviously this weekend, we, I feel like we had some really crazy spicy games. Well, Golden yeah. Guardians popped off that For one game. For 56 minutes, they popped off. There was, there was a, a long, drawn out. Off. <laughs> uh, oh, Broxa showed up. That's that's a good one. Broxa uh, showed up, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Um, we had uh, the Golden Guardians thing, which I think was also pretty fun. Uh, there was uh, there was a Reddit thread that caught this. I didn't even realize this, but um, and I don't know if it ever got very far. I saw it like late last night when I was going to sleep. Basically, saying that we now have a cycle of suck. Where everyone has, where you can create a chain of teams that have yeah. beaten each other, um, which is, I think, a fun thing to have happened right at the point in the uh, tournament, or right in the point in the league where everybody's played each other once. Damn, uh, dude, we're calling that a cycle of suck. Yeah, apparently, it's, a a, it's apparently parody? a term. It's apparently a term from traditional sports. Mark, I don't, Mark, really? have you heard this term? I've heard it before. Uh, it usually is a lot harder to complete in traditional sports where there's like 30 teams and divisions and conferences and stuff like that. So uh, it's not that – I feel like every split at some point you get a circle of suck in, in league, but I don't think it usually happens like round one or first round robin. Oh, maybe, maybe I was saying cycle. I think I meant circle. Um, either way. Cycle of suck. That's just 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the reason I said that was because that's actually the term that the Golden Guardians uh, op, head of esports Hunter used whenever he, he was talking about the import rule where he's like, he feels like a lot of this is part of the, the cycle of suck um, where NA loses. So whatever. Wait, just just to be clear, wait, it's a, is it, it's a circle of suck what's happening? Oh, circle of suck. So, so that, what has we happened not, in... We should not be putting that term out there. Everyone, <laughs> everyone uh, beating each other is the circle of suck. Let's but, stop talking about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a sport, a it's a traditional player, sports term. I didn't invent yeah. it. That's really? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to Google circle of suck right now. Okay, I'm Googling it. <laughs> to right. verify. So uh, I'm just taking your word uh, for it. History of circle sucking. Uh. <laughs> yes. Okay, anyway. Uh, you know what? I'll put the, I'll put the link in the, the Twitch chat so that I'm, I'm vindicated on this exact. Yeah, 2.5K upvotes. Okay, this went far. This went far. Uh, so that happened. Um, but man, it's hard. It's hard to think of too many other things. Broxa came in, uh, Peter Dunn, uh, I mean, not less like hype or whatever than a player visibly being on, on the, uh, broadcast, but Peter Dunn, who is EG's coach. That was, I think people were really excited to have him come to the, he's now here as well. He had a bunch of visa issues. Um, and, and I think most of that, like there was some news abroad, but a lot of it was, was obviously the import stuff. And so that, Clearly, having uh, Primal on this episode is, I think, part of the reason why uh, it's great. It's great to have him on, is because we're covering that stuff and talking about it. So, um, I don't know. Should we just dive into it? Yeah. Do you want me to do callers, or do you want to do a little of us first and then into callers? Let's do a little of us first, and then and then callers. Um, okay. I mean, at least for me, I feel like I've we talked about it a fair amount last week. Yeah. So, we so rather than show. talking about Hey, we think that this like. I, well, first off, why don't we get Primal's take? Because I yeah. Primal, I, see, I know you've had some tweets, but you know people might not know your stance. So it'd, it'd be cool to hear from you, especially given your your background. Yeah. Um, so just for context, what Travis is talking about is um, I actually wrote the rule, the original rule, uh, in 2014, and wrote the update to the rule in 2016 before I left Riot. Um, so I was I was super passionate about this when. I started at Riot, especially because I'd come from the StarCraft scene and I'd seen what happened there. Um, so I, I think the problem with this whole conversation is that A, it's like it's not being presented with any nuance, right? And B, we're really fixated on just North America. Uh, I think the first thing we have to recognize is this is a global rule, right? This, it's a global rule with regional implementations. So even if team owners wanted to lift the import rule, and I'm not saying they want to completely lift it. We'll get to the nuance of what it seems like they're saying in a second. They could not just lift it in North America and everything else remains fixed, right? So let's say you abolish the import rule, NA teams can have five imports. That means China can have five imports. That means Brazil can have five imports. That means EU can have five imports. So it's already kind of complicated, right? Because if the assumption is that lifting the rule will make NA competitive or more competitive relative to other regions. We have to recognize that every other region is getting that quote unquote advantage. Right? I mean, theoretically, theoretically, right could do whatever they want, right? They could lift the import rule for North America and not lift it for the other regions. They could, but in, in reality, just knowing how team owners interact with the league, 
right? Yeah. Like imagine, imagine. I'm not saying there's any chance Carlos would ever let that happen. To be clear, but like, yeah, I'm just saying it is. It is true that like there, there's no like legal reason why right is judge, that. jury, and executioner here. Right. They can do whatever they want. Technically, true, they could do whatever they want. Uh, I would be hard pressed to conceive of a reality where NA gets to do this and other regions don't get to do it. But yeah, in, in theory, they could all do it. Um, but I think one of the nuances that's being lost is a. First of all. I think team owners are being painted as like the great Satan here. Like, oh, they don't care about <laughs> North American talent. Oh, they, you know, they, they don't care about anything but their bottom line. But we should recognize team owners are incentivized to have the league be as popular as possible, right? And a, a component of that is certainly who the players are, right? And do the fans have an affinity for them? Now, the affinity can come from a number of reasons. Shared nationality is one of them, right? So I think the question is not like why do why do the team owners like dislike North American talent or why are they against us? It's, it's less of that. I think the the broader the more interesting question is what is leading them to believe that having a league that potentially has more imports than we have now is actually a more fun experience for fans and is actually better long term. Now, one one argument I could hear, and I haven't heard any like team owner make a really comprehensive argument, so it's really hard to refute. But one argument I could at least conceive of that could maybe make sense is that they think, hey, North America having more imports means better performance at international events, meaning equals more fans wanting to watch the LCS long-term. That's, that's an argument that you know would need to be supported by data on like, hey, why do fans watch the league? What potential fans are we missing out on? But I think the, the problem here is that, A, that argument is not being presented. Like, what we're seeing is comments from, like, Jack and Reggie on, like, Reddit and Twitter that are just, like, not great looks for either of them. Um, and, of course, we're having these discussions in, like, 280 characters on Twitter, right? So you're, you're not going to get much nuance. Well, I mean, there, there were statements. I mean, to be fair, uh, to the team owners, again, because I agree with you, by the way. And, like, I don't want people to think – I hope that no one has perceived what I have done in promoting this issue as saying, like – the team owners want to ruin the league. It's more just like I'm trying to elevate the conversation around it so that people know what's going on and also give them like in asking them those questions last week, it was also to give them a platform to sort of explain their philosophy, setting that aside. It does what Jack and Steve um, and Parth speaking, presumably on behalf of TSM said was that they did feel like they wanted to find like this would allow them to have more success. So they do seem to kind of like corroborate your argument, right? Which is like, or the argument right, you're making right now, which is that this will be lead to more success. Right. But I think the, the point that Primal's made, which is one that I actually do think you could have merit for if anyone wanted to just say it, which is like the North American scenes viewership is generally not trending up. It seems like it's trending down. And you could say, we think that's because of international performance or something. And this is, better than the alternative of maybe you think that you, you're, you're never going to win. Um, and I think there's plenty to say like, well, get better at developing talent yourself or these other things. Like, I think there's a more nuanced conversation there, but I haven't heard anyone say like, we're concerned about the league's longevity if we're unable to actually compete. Um, and they haven't said that. They've said it'll make them more competitive, but that's that could just mean that you're better. doesn't mean that you're actually concerned about viewership. Yeah. And I, I think the, the the opportunity that they're missing out on is one to make an argument from like a standpoint that actually would appeal to fans. Um and I've pissed Travis off so much that he's left. So I'm gonna keep going though. Go, um, go, go. Turning my never, off, so never, never one of us leave, you just keep going. 
<laughs> what what I think a more nuanced argument actually is if you look at the policy, right? So in 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 2014, the policy was, hey, if you're here for two years, regardless of where you come from, you will eventually become an NA resident. Now, when I was at Riot, we changed it from um, two to four years for people who were already there before 2016, basically. And for anyone who came after a certain period of time, you had to have some sort of permanent resident status, right? So you had this class of guys who came in before this this deadline, right? Who just Santorin, had to wait a little I think longer. Is an yeah, people like Santorin, I think Svenskeren at the time, Impact, Jensen, etc. And then you had everyone else who now had to be like a citizen, for example, right? Now the problem is there's only six of these people who you can consider like naturalized, right? So the Santorins, the Huhis, Impact, Sven. Um, Jensen, I think, Huni, right? And when those guys retire, there's no more people who are coming in who are naturalizing from just staying in the region, right? So one argument the team owners can make is, hey, look, eventually, like, these guys like Impact and Jensen, like, maybe on a five-year time horizon, they're going to start to retire. And that's, like, a group of elite players who are actually not going to be replacing with new talent that doesn't take up an import slot. Like, that's an argument I could actually hear and say, okay, at minimum, we need to maintain the level of the league by bringing in, by creating some sort of path for imports who feel like they're part of NA, like, you know, Impact and Jensen, these people, like, feel like NA players, to create more of those. But we don't really have that right now, right? And because you have, to, you have to be a citizen. So unless, like, I don't know, Core JJ becomes a citizen, and that's, like, really hard in, in America, I don't know how it is in Canada, um... There is an argument to be made that right now the rule at least requires a little bit more nuance and requires a path to naturalization don't, and resident status. Don't you just need a green card, which is different than – I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm an maker, but my understanding is you just need a green card, which I don't think is the same as having a citizenship. It's it's having um, – being like a, it's a resident status, I think, within the U.S. is, I think, what the, the new rule is. Yeah, it's permanent resident status. Now, yeah. I don't know if specifically if NA considers green card um, permanent resident status. And I'm also not sure how hard it is to get a green card, right? Yeah. Like, uh, either way, to Kaizen's point, you know, like, and it, it from what I see from fan sentiment generally, the idea of naturalizing or becoming resident, whatever, uh, fans seem open to that. You know, people like yeah. Someday who have been here now for three years, it looks like he's going to be here for, based off his contract, a couple more at least. Like, at that point, you know, we're talking getting close to half Someday's career is in North America. And, like, I think for a lot of fans, they probably warm up to him pretty quickly and stuff. So, like, I think to that point, like, if there's a way to increase the number of imports, but it's through, like, you know, this this means I don't think fans are as worried about that. Like, I don't think people complain about – I haven't heard any fans complain about Team Liquid, um, you know, despite being four out of five, quote-unquote, non-natural. EU fans throw it in our face whenever TL performs, and they go, well, listen, there's four – whatever. But, like, I don't think NA fans care. I think we're proud to have Core J, Jensen, those types of players who – Right, and Santorin, like, I think – yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and that's what is more important to me is not that like someone can put us down for using imports, but like yeah. you know that, that that fans can connect with them and, and and feel like they're part of the community. Yeah, like I don't think there's anything wrong with NA's brand being like, hey, we're an international melting pot, right? Um, and we have like straight up imports, like people who like you know, so godlike player from Korea. We have guys who have 
came from another region but have been here for like you know five years or whatever like the some days of the world and are they feel like na players and also people who are just straight up na you know they are you know citizens or whatever and they started in the league like i think finding the right mix of that should be the conversation as opposed to no import rule versus import rule right but even even all this aside we do have to recognize that like yeah okay right is judge jury executioner on these matters but probably what's eventually going to happen is whatever change happens in NA has to happen globally. Like, I don't see a world where NA gets to just move unilaterally. So I think the, what the owners have to reckon with in, uh, in NA is, hey, okay, if this change happened globally, would we actually be getting an advantage from this? Or would it actually just, would all the elite Korean players just go to China, right? And like, they're like real scenarios like we can draw on. I don't know if you guys remember I think it was in 2016, this team, like, Samsung Red was rumored to be put together. It was, like, Huni Mid and, like, Gamsu Top and, like, this, like, roster of, like, five Korean players that was supposed to go to EU or anything. There was, oh, who was, uh, wasn't Madlife supposed to come over at some point? Was he part of that team or maybe it was a separate one? But It might have been a separate team, but there were legit, like, five import teams that were going to be coming over and that's like that's that's not it right like no i don't think anyone now this was before that. franchising to be clear so it's not it's not True. like that you could samsung or skt couldn't just go send like a sister team to lcs now unless they bought one of the slots or something and obviously there's restrictions around ownership and whatever but to your point there are real scenarios where you could have i mean five those those five players get together and approach a team owner and say, does anyone want us? You know, like some team owner is going to spend on that. Yeah, sure. For sure. So I think we definitely need some sort of protection against that. But I can also see the argument that, hey, we need some way, at least a naturalization path that is more reasonable. Like, you know, Travis, you mentioned you can just get a green card. Like, I don't know the implications of getting a green card. Like, why hasn't somebody gotten a green card then? I think they've right? been working like, maybe... on it. People have been saying oh, they've okay, been working on it, so it might it might happen here. So I've I've heard mixed things here. So like Empire, who's in the chat, um, he has he has said that uh, it's much easier to get a green card, and I've heard that recently too. Is that whatever in the U.S. for whatever reason lately it's been easier to get a green card? Um, but I don't know. Uh, it is. It, it's it's interesting because we might see a lot of it this year, um, uh, and it, it might not, and then it might this whole conversation might kind of fizzle out because maybe it's actually easier to get a green card. And theoretically, if you can get a green card in less than four years, you actually have a path to being a resident in North America faster than you did underneath the rule that that system replaced, right? Yeah, and I would also say that, you know, there's going to be probably some riot stuff too. Like, you can't just keep flip-flopping your residency. So yeah, I don't yeah, think, you, you know, declare. like, if you get a green card to North America, you can't go like, sick, I'll sit here for a little bit. Maybe I'll dip back to Korea. Maybe I'll go, you know, like, I think there's probably a limit on the amount of times that you could do something like that, I would hope, it, it, in Riot's rulebook, if they do make an easier path to naturalization, that, like, people aren't just, I'm in four different, <laughs> I'm at four different uh, regions. I'm a, I'm a citizen of all four of them. Yeah, because yeah. like Crown has played Brazil, he played E uh, NA, he played, uh, and same with Core JJ, they've played all over the world. Some of these guys, and same with uh, Ole and stuff. Yeah, I mean, in the rules it says you can only be a league resident of one league at a time, so yeah. I think that part is at least covered. Um, yeah. I mean, I I actually wonder hearing about this green card being uh, easy to get. I don't know what the definition of easy is. Like, is that actually a loophole that's going to get exploited by teams? Right? Eventually. Like, yeah. You know, it's like mail order brides. You know, you bring over this group. I mean, of dudes if you and like, 
if you think about it, Americans and like, I don't know. Well, if you think about it, uh, if you think that a talent, like if you're a team owner and you think a talent is very valuable, like you're, you're pulling somebody over who's like a former world champion or something like that, your best strategy, assuming you can get a green card quickly is to sign them to a three-year deal, immediately start working on their green card the moment that you sign that deal and then get them as a resident so that they can either stay on your roster or suddenly you have under contract a player who's like amazing is a you know imported player who now doesn't take an import slot has a green card that now you can now you can flip that player's contract for for quite a bit potentially if you if you wanted to so it's yeah. i'm very interested like that that is part of the reason i have enjoyed this conversation is because i do think it is bringing up broader topics like we won't even talk about this probably on this episode, but Carlos is out on Twitter and other people uh, from LEC, I think Ben Spoon, saying that North America and EU should merge into one league. Um, and there's like a whole conversation to be had there. There's conversations around how the green card system works. Like the thing that I am enjoying about this conversation, um, whenever it becomes as nuanced as we're having right now, is that you actually do, it does bring up a bunch of interesting conversations about you know, the nature of, of talent within North America, how to solve it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I I think like what I would love to see from the community is some sort of consensus around what does a sufficiently NA league look like? You know, is it, you know, for example, is it two imports, right? So people like straight up coming from like China or Korea and EU, and then one person who is a naturalized resident. So someone who's been here for a while, but they started somewhere else. And then two people who are native to, the US, Canada, and OC? Like, I don't know. I, and I think the answer is a little bit different for everyone, but I think that would be a healthy conversation to have, like between actually Riot, the team owners, and the community. The more that the team owners can actually build consensus with the community and you know sound like they're actually listening, right? And have interests aligned, I think the better a state we can get to. Um, that has been my frustration on this is like, it is actually so hard to have a dialogue around this. Like I would love to, and I think Mark, you and I have talked about this a little bit, host like a round table discussion with multiple owners, somebody from riot, like have a broader conversation about this rather than have it be this thing where you've got like owners who in a lot of cases feel like they're dodging the question or don't want to like exactly say what it is, what's going on. Riot has been just like absolutely silent on all this stuff. I'm not trying to like, call people out or whatever, but it, it is disappointing to me that it feels we can't have like an open, transparent conversation around it. Instead, it's everyone just like, you know, it's Dignitas deleting tweets and Reggie saying imports, 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 and like all this kind of weird stuff that spawned out of it. So yeah. I had, yeah, I had a GM message me um, and I, I won't, I, but I had somebody message me uh, who was a GM for one of the teams and say like, Hey, I'd love if you could get the owners into like an actual conversation around the stuff. I think it'd be good. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, but I can't like, I, I can't, I can't, nobody wants to do this, you know? So, yeah. But what, what do you guys make of, I, I do think something that is kind of glossed over a little bit is the global impact of this. Right. So if we just, if we just at least take it as a given for at least the sake of argument that whatever is done in NA will get mirrored in other regions. I don't know if it's immediately, I don't know if it's so on here's, a longer timeline. So like, 
do you do you guys think there's even an advantage to North America if this becomes a global change? Well, here's something Kelsey Moser pointed out on Twitter that I think you saw too and maybe retweeted. Uh, yeah, the I, LPL yeah. salary caps. LPL has a salary cap. Now it's kind of convoluted. It's not like, from what I understand from talking to her, it's like complicated where there's like a soft cap, hard cap, some exceptions or whatever. But in a world where North America does not have a salary cap because there's no way to legally do that. It, we could potentially spend more to bring players over and potentially beat out LPL teams on on building out these rosters and, and grabbing talent. And that's where it does get kind of weird on a balance where like now suddenly we have more capital to build these types of, of big teams than, than the LPL does. Exactly. I think, I think uh, it really depends on the implementation because if it's like a, you know, no hold bars, totally lifted kind of thing, I think that'd be disastrous. For every league, I don't think it actually benefits anyone. Uh, like you talk, we talk a lot about connection from fans to players in North America, but for regions like EU and Korea, you're just going to get weaker straight up. Like your town's coming over here, it's going more of it's going to China for Korea and stuff. Like you're not going to see as many hype matchups domestically, and you'll have to wait to get them at, at international competition. And even then, like it's just going to be. For, at least for North America, probably full KR matchup versus full KR matchup that you would have been seeing if the rules stayed the same a couple times a year in Korea. Now you're seeing it once a year internationally. You know, like I just, I think it would not actually be any any better uh, if it's fully floodgates open and anything else requires, you know, like kind of knowledge, like, well, what what are we talking about here? Yeah. I, so, I do. I'll go ahead if you, if you want to have a final point, Primal. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, so at, at minimum right now, what we kind of have is an equilibrium globally where, okay, even in, in China, like they have some Korean players, like you have like the rookies who, from what I understand, is like popular in, in China. Did I say Korea? Uh, Koreans in China who, uh, who feel like they're part of a local culture, who are accepted. You have a good mix of the Sinscarians and Jensen's and Impacts and NA. Um, you have like the Jose Diodos coming from South America. So right now there is an equilibrium, but I think going forward in the future, like what I can see from the owner's perspective is that a lot of these naturalized guys are going to leave. And unless there's some like green card path that's like pretty reasonable and, you know, can help replenish this group once they all retire, like NA is going to start to trend downward relative to some of these regions. So that is a problem that needs to be tackled. But I don't think any, I mean, I, Maybe there's a few team owners who are extremists and like we should just have no import rule. Um, I think that's like a really awful idea personally. Um, but there, it, there, there should be a clearer path at minimum. And, and one thing I'll say too with with the conversation, the fact that there's been not super good clarity from the team owners about what each of their stances are, it makes it kind of easy to assume the worst. I think for a lot of the community um, and. It's on the one hand, it's like, well, if you don't think it's full dissolving, then why are you not saying what you think it should be? Uh, and there hasn't been really anything put forward that's like super specific of like, hey, I think it should be this. And so it makes it really hard to engage with the team owners who feel like they haven't really given what, what their vision is other than, well, let's start a conversation. And then they don't really offer what they want. And then when you do get them talking, they're like insulting the players in their own league. Like that, Yikes. that's another ang angle to talk about. Like the players I assume are not happy. Like the McDonald's memes, you know, it's kind of like, haha, but it's also like, man, fuck you guys. I think there's like an undercurrent of it uh, in, in the feeling. And like, if TSM's owner, you know, is talking to a C9 player, who's arguably the best resident support in, in the league, you know, it's like, wow, this is not a healthy 
conversation right now, guys. Absolutely not. Um, so, Mark, I don't know if I do. I do want to talk about the player stuff. I don't know if we're going to have a caller about it. So, if you do see any callers, maybe it'd be good to talk about it because I've had a, an interesting interaction trying to get a statement out of the players' association. Um, but uh, if you do see that, that's cool. I'm, I'm going to let you. Here's let's do this. You start pulling folks for the calls i so have indeed that. it's been an active night in discord already so i don't think we need the uh, the prompt okay yeah i'm not gonna say we need instructions or anything like that um i i do want to address one thing though because i see somebody named postmodernism in the chat talking about like is is this even a thing is there any kind of concern around this um and or is travis just manufacturing it now, I made a video that went up right before this that I think is, is quite well-crafted because I had an editor in Sweden work on it overnight, um, sort of talking about the mechanics of this, how this works internally with the politics around the NA team, the global team, how, how Riot has to convince folks. Um, I tried to get postmodernism to, talk, to watch it, and he said he wouldn't want to be clickbaited again. So I guess I just have to explain <laughs> it here. So here is why. There's a couple things here. One... I just want to address the people out there that are saying, like, I'm clickbaiting this or I'm trying to do this. I am not the, – the videos that I am making are not getting, like, crazy views on this. I'm going to lose money on that video that I made last night. Like, this is kind of a niche topic. I, I think it should be broadly known, but it is kind of a niche topic. I'm not benefiting a ton from this. And in fact, there's this is, a I would argue, damaging to my relationship with the owners who provide me with access to their players. Um, so, so I, I do not politically benefit from this. I do not financially benefit from this. My, the reason I am doing this is a couple of reasons. One, I don't think that Riot is likely to do this, but it, their silence has been deafening on it, which is why I've been kind of following up on it. I explained in that video that like there was an owner's meeting with the owners after this thing had been submitted back in the beginning of, of February and the, like, what I, there clearly this conversation would have come up at that owners meeting, and yet it, they must not have had the owners get shut down because the owners are still out there acting as if this is like an active conversation or something that could happen. So that is why I'm concerned about it because it does seem as though like Riot has not shut it down. Um, and then the other reason is let's say none of this happens. Maybe I am just like crazy and there's no chances it's going to happen. And Riot's already told them, and for some reason the owners are doing this. It is still very crazy that we have a situation where owners just do not seemingly believe we can actually succeed internationally unless we can bring in More presumably talent. five players from another region, right? They're looking, some of the players or are, are team owners think that we should just ab abolish the rule entirely and you should be able to bring in five players from another region. So I think that that in and of itself is a story. Um, so look, I've said this previously, you can, unsubscribe from my channel you can uh unfollow me on twitter whatever but like i, I think this is important it. and that is why i am doing it not because i'm gonna get massive money and a bunch of clicks and stuff i've seen some people subtweeting me on twitter it's just really bizarre the way people perceive things these days um okay can i, can I just can i just say like yeah. if it, it, let's say we lift this import rule and you bring in like five koreans or, or whatever and they win worlds isn't does that victory actually feel good? Like who, no. does that, who does that feel good to? Mark and I talked about this. It's just it does not feel. It's, it's like a it's such a hollow victory. Yeah, it's we talked about it on the dive today too, um, which is coming out tomorrow at five a.m. Uh, about how like you know the Kobe emotional like crying like thing you know as he is 
as C9 is uh, making semis or whatever, you know, like, and like the, I never doubted like those, those things, like you just won't have that emotional connection that you have like right now, like the Kobe crying thing just does not happen. If down one comes over next year and wins, you know, um, absolutely not. Yeah. So we, so. before we get into the first caller, I would just say, as I've said this whole time, I would love to have a broader conversation with people at Riot about this or uh, the team owners. I would love to do any of this, please. It's just, it's killing me that like, we just, it's weird, this weird thing. And oh, and by the way, some people just want me to shut up about it. That's how things just, it, it, uh, if we all just shut up about it, then what? Uh, okay, sorry, never mind. I can't talk. Um, Mark, you want to go grab our first caller who uh, perhaps could be the person that I, I pulled into that chat room first? Okay, sure. That seems tar why don't you okay. Well, just because they've been wait you know, whatever. Anyway, um Fudge, subscribe, thank you. Zachary GG, thank you for the prime. Uh Shuvel, uh I love you chat for thirty eight months. Big angry hobo wow. uh for thirty two months. Parker James, uh Capone Slugger, Retro TP, on the hook, Darth Zombie, easy stay safe. We'll get to the others uh, later on, but there's more of you. Thank you guys so much. All right, Primal. For our very first guest, I've brought someone from your past <laughs> oh, onto <fuck>. the show. <laughs> it's His, your ex. Uh, oh, no. I'm oh, sorry, baby. One? Oak Silk, where are you calling from? <laughs> I am normally in LA, but I'm currently in Atlanta. We're currently in Atlanta. Uh, do you want to explain your, your relation to Primal and uh, Riot and all of this stuff? Yeah, so uh, I joined Riot back in 2014 and worked with Primal Kaizen for about three years. Uh, I worked on the NALCS and Primal worked primarily on Global, but there was a fair amount of overlap. Um, and so, yeah, I was actually in the room, so to speak, when we were putting together the import rule. Uh, and then as we had to iterate on it, as there were sort of like loopholes and concerns, just part of the normal evolution of the rules. So, uh, but after I left Riot, I... Um, kind of transition more into the business side of the industry where I've been for a minute. So actually, what I kind of wanted to call in about, and Travis actually mentioned, uh, tapped me about this, and was like, hey, I think this might be an interesting conversation tonight. Um, I kind of wanted to present to you guys what I think is happening with a little bit more of a business lens. I think a lot of the conversation sensibly has been focused on the product lens, like what, like, you know, what's best for winning, what does it mean for the region, but I actually think there's potentially some business reasons, both for why... Travis is like getting an infuriating wall of silence, but also why owners would prefer to kind of look this up. So yeah, I can kind of yeah jump into it. Yeah. Well, um, but first, is do you think Primal is a better caster or League Ops uh, person? <laughs> from your uh, was Michelangelo a better sculptor or painter? I mean, how do you? It just depends how <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah. Like, what a, what a great guest. <laughs> 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 Anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think I think we go with Painter as well. Uh, was what is the guy's name? Benuli, but but whatever the he was. The I think sculptor. that's right. Yeah. Anyway, was sorry. Go ahead. Uh, guy? Go, oh, by the no. way, are we going with Oak Silk or can I can I call you by your? You can call me Ovi or Oak Silk. Okay, either. Ovi. Yes. Uh, uh, and for oh, those, okay. just as a full disclosure, Ovi works at an agency that helps uh, me with some deals. I don't work with Ovi directly and anything <laughs> like that, but I just want to call it out. Anyway, um, so Ovi, what do you think is going on here? Yeah, okay, so at the at the very top, I'll just say high level. So I am about to explain what I think is happening, but I want to say at the front end that I think eliminating the import rule altogether, I completely agree, would be like probably a pretty bad idea, although I think owners probably understand a lot of these downsides, which I think to me is interesting because it means that the pros 
must weigh so heavily that they're willing to opt into the risk of like massive backlash and just kind of all the negative sentiment we've seen around it. Um, but I would also echo at the front end that like this is to your point, Travis, like Riot hasn't shot this down, so this isn't dead on arrival. But like if folks remember back in 2014 when we first put together the import rule, um, you know, if people remember the first Korean exodus where, you know, China, the was it the LPL back then? I still think it was the LPL back then. Yeah, uh, the LPL. Yeah, and but it wasn't LCK at the time. Was it still Champions? Champions, I think. Yeah, it well, it's a long time ago, obviously. But regardless, uh, Korean Pro League of Legends was sort of raided uh, by Chinese teams, and it sort of resulted in this like massive disruption. And I think the LC the LCK or Champions at the time and the fan base were super against it. So I think the notion that this is all about what the NA owners want is almost certainly not the case. And I think there are actually some regions who are. Uh, I can't necessarily speak to ex if things have changed too much, but I got to imagine, particularly Korea, like some regions are maybe as fervently against this as any would be for it. So I think this might just be an intellectual exercise, but uh, right hasn't shut down speculation, so I think it's fair game. So here's kind of what I think is happening. So the first thing is just like macro. Obviously, you know, team owners, this is their business. Part of their livelihood is understanding the community sentiment, and they are like opting into a lot of silence and a lot of sort of like heat from the community. So my assumption is, I'll like kind of lay it out for you guys and I'm really curious what you guys think of this, but my assumption is basically that a lot of this kind of boils down to like fundamental uh, discomfort and unhappiness with the state of the league right now by the owners, both in terms of, and some of this actually comes from, there's a great supercut, Travis, I don't remember if you're the one that put it together, but someone supercut all 10 LCS owners answers yeah, to your fine. questions yeah. on LCS media day, yeah. That was fascinating to me as someone that has like listened to and watched a lot of Corpo speak. Um, I think there's some interesting tidbits that you can kind of read between the lines from some of the answers. But uh, for me, at least it kind of boiled down. It seemed like there were some fundamental problems with the league, but my guess is that they don't necessarily want to talk, talk about those publicly without kind of setting off an LCS is dying type narrative. And so they'd rather kind of figure out what they want to do and then come with something more polished. So anyways, here's kind of the three things that I go, think- Go, 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 over yes. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so first thing, uh, in particular, I think Team Liquid's answer kind of uh, spoke to this, but my read is that actually team owners are, when they initially sort of reached out to both investors, but then also to sponsors, right? The way that they pitched the LCS is that it is sort of like the premier flagship esports league, right? It is like uh, League of Legends League. It is, <laughs> it is... Uh, you know, it was the first league that Riot put together. It's got, you know, it's native to Riot's HQ. It has the biggest personalities. That may or may not be true, but regardless, right? Like we're talking about what's in a sponsorship deck or an investment pitch. But I think as we've seen year over year, like I think Hunter actually kind of talked about this the other day, there's been so many, you can only get bamboozled so many times in a row before you begin to think to yourself, now, wait a minute, is it possible that this is not actually the greatest and best league? And so I think it's, my guess is that team owners, in order to be opting into all this heat, are probably taking either heat from their investors or from sponsors that like, hey, this is not what we were sold. This is not the Dallas Cowboys of esports. This is more like, I don't know about a second tier league per se. I think that's maybe harsh, but North America is not in serious contention for a world title. And I think whether it's investors or sponsors, particularly based on Liquid's answers, my guess is that that is a material concern. I'm also not sure how you talk about that to the fan base in a way that doesn't sound like LCS is dying or that you're kind of to money shorten it, so, so to kind of sum it together, Ovi, it sounds like you're saying 
the owners thought that this was going to be like the coolest, best, awesome league and what they got, or sorry, like the investors. And then what they got instead was us going to groups flopping every time and things not looking so hot. And I'm, you know, it may well be the sponsors as well. I, I don't have a strong opinion on which of the two, but I'm pretty sure it comes from one of those two constituencies. But that is the thought. I'm curious what you guys think. I have two other points, but I think that's kind of the first one. Like, does that resonate with you guys? And if it does or doesn't, how do you really talk about that with the community in a way that doesn't kind of feed an LCS's dying narrative? Because given the choice between saying what I just said out loud and just keeping quiet, I can understand the temptation to just kind of want to ride this out. I mean, I think what, what I like about your take is that I've seen a couple people say this here and there in different ways, right? Which is like, uh, the investors are getting tired of investors or sponsors are getting tired of spending a lot of money in some cases to, to not bring about any results. And, uh, and I, I'm, I think that that is perhaps very interesting here. And that is perhaps, as you said, like a reason why the owners and folks are not, are dodging this question so much or are afraid to kind of address it. Uh, I'm kind of curious, Mark and, and Primal, what you guys think. Uh, I mean, my, my first reaction would be possibly, I mean, we, we kind of even said as much tonight, we, we focus more on the viewership angle than the ability to acquire top tier sponsors because they'll go to EU. Or that's whatever. my second point, but I think that's slightly different, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I think it is slightly different, but it's a, a similar idea that like, yep. it's a doom and gloom scenario that's motivating you to want to shake things up to try and find another option because it's, it's unsustainable as it is. I think, I mean, you have to be careful, like you're saying, how you present these points. But I think people like people know NA sucks. Like we have these conversations every year already. Maybe less on the viewership angle or the inability to acquire sponsors, but at least on a competing level. <laughs> you know, like how many years now have we? You know, it's like been a couple. We haven't gone out of groups. We've only gotten one team out for a long time since 2018. You know, like that was the big year where a bunch of cool stuff happened, but. Like, I don't think the fan base is so disconnected from the this North American scene that they wouldn't understand this a little bit, you know? So let me let me throw one little fun thing out here. So I've not posted these press conferences yet. I, I need to. But um, in two of the press conferences, I asked – it was the Mortals and the CLG uh, press conferences. I asked why it was that Riot – the team owners and Endeavor were unable to secure a media rights deal for the broadcast because last year Riot confirmed that they were seeking a, a broadcast deal potentially exclusive with Twitch or YouTube. Seemingly that did not come about. And I, I think you can kind of read between the lines on some of their answers. They mostly dodged it to be clear, but like it's, it seems like that did not come about um, given the fact that we are not on an exclusive platform. And I've, I've heard that this did not end up happening. So I wonder how much of this is also linked to that, right? Like if you thought you were going to buy into this league, the league can't lock in a media rights deal to secure a large source of revenue for the league. And the league is also just failing every time it goes internationally. And viewership does not feel like it's growing. I, I'm not, I, it, it seems like from the outside that it's kind of dipping, but when you're adding 50% more games, it's hard to tell what that looks like. So I'm not ready to say whatever, but like certainly we're not sitting at a million viewers and LEC is kicking our ass is there a world where a lot of this is born out of the pressure that you're kind of you're kind of talking about primal it looks like you're you're thinking yeah I, i'm thinking so I, I think there's a few levels to this a i mean to ovi's point 
there are incentives and pressures that team owners are subject to that might not be visible to the public, right? So it may be that they've sold investors on, hey, this is a sports league and a, and a franchise within the sports league that is going to be competitive internationally and do well, right? Um, if that's the case, like, A, I don't know if they misled their investors on, like, the prospects of them winning Worlds because <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just don't know how you could make that pitch to an investor at all. Um, I would imagine that, that there's something more of a comprehensive pitch about, hey, this is an extremely popular sports league with an extremely popular brand within the sports league, and the league is growing, and it's, you know, it's accumulating viewers. And if that's the case, like, I think the investment thesis is bearing out to an extent. Like, as I understand it, and maybe this was just a press release, last year's summer split was supposed to be the most watched since 2016, right? It was supposed to be a huge increase in total hours watched. Now, again, Riot's incentive is always to present the rosiest picture of things. Um, but ir irrespective of like what we're being exposed to publicly, I don't think the conversation between owners and the community changes, right? Either they care about, at the bottom line, they have to care about the health of the league. We're interpreting it as viewership. To Ovi's point, maybe they're interpreting it as competitive results. I would guess that it's a bit more important to have a, a league that's viewed a lot than a league that is successful competitively. Primal, I think but, you no. you you underestimate how much rich people want to feel like they own something that wins. That's that's <laughs> fair, and th there may be some owners like who just like a billionaire who's just like, look, I just want a winning team. I don't care if you get ten viewers a, a weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I imagine for a lot of them, like there's an investment here, right? And the return on investment comes from having a popular team in a popular league. So I still think, again, at the at the at bottom, the conversation that the owners need to have with Riot and act and the community as well is about, hey, what do we think will produce the league that is most compelling and exciting for fans? And if they think it's just a league of like five Koreans who are winning world, I think they're mistaken. <laughs> I don't think that's the view of even the plurality of them, but I don't know, and that's part of the problem, right? We don't even know what they're aiming to yeah. accomplish. Yeah, the, I think that's completely fair. Uh, to, to be fair, there were three points, but I've been talking a fair bit, so I kind of want to run through each one. But yeah, I think that's right. Like, I think viewership is the second one. We can just feel like we're already halfway into it. Like, yeah, I think viewership probably as a metric matters more. Now, are we conflating unrelated things? Like, is changing the import rule going to change viewership? I don't know. Like, maybe maybe we're maybe we're uh, maybe that's a bit of a reach on my part, but. I do think that if you're in a situation where the league is not in the healthiest state, and that's not something that you want to message publicly, then you probably are evaluating like a wide variety of options to deal with it. And this is probably, potentially, this is one of several things that the owners are discussing with Riot. I would be very surprised if this was the only, or even the number one thing on the docket with uh, Riot from the owner side. So it may just be that we're sort of seeing one piece of the picture and extrapolating that, you know, this is most of the picture. And maybe it's actually quite a small part. Or Well, Ovi, I need to know. get to work then. Uh, I appreciate you giving me that, that tip. I do, I mean, I, part of the reason <laughs> I brought up the media rights thing is because I think that that could be a factor too, right? Like Empire in the chat said fourth year of franchising and we still don't have a media rights deal. Like if you are an LCS team owner and you're like, well, I own this team that I have to spend a ton of money on, it loses viewership is stagnant lecs like over there like shocks and dracos and vedius are dancing and all these people are watching and it. it's amazing and lck is sick and they're winning and lpl is expanding Yo, Mark to and 18. I can dance. yeah that's all we need that's well solution. we haven't seen it yet so i mean but like you everything else is popping off talent. You, buy, you guys best get to dancing next week on the broadcast yes <laughs> but that's like my point right is like what are if you're an lcs owner what do you have to be excited about right now uh, and I think I think that's kind of where you're getting at, Ovi, is like, 
or if you're an LCS investor or an LCS sponsor, like we don't have a great story to tell around the league right now because it doesn't feel like anything is popping off, especially when you compare it to all these international leagues. And so I think that perhaps, perhaps you're right. Perhaps this is somewhat driven by desperation. I mean, okay. I, I did not say the word desperate. You said the <laughs> owners are desperate. They are <laughs> rubbing for any kind of success. No, go ahead. Oh my God. I, I was going to say, like, I think it's one of those things where I can see the, like the angle, like if you are feeling this way that you want to start these conversations, but like, it's not again, pro proposition, like, Hey, we want to look into ways that we can revitalize and rejuvenate the league's viewership it sounds like a push to remove the import rule, which is, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. not the same yeah. thing, which is where I think I, I have my, my, my disconnect with a little bit because I don't know what metrics they have, but Travis and I, with our limited sample size, have polled a couple times, and it feels pretty heavily, pretty, pretty decisively, 70-30 split. 70% of fans are not down with it. Um, yeah. So and, like, and sorry, go, Mark, go ahead. No, no, no. That was pretty much just saying, like, it feels like we have data to say that this would hurt viewership, at least somewhat publicly. Yeah, and I think my point, Ovi, I, I mean, I guess it would be interesting to uh, to understand, like, why why would it matter, right, that, like, hey, they're receiving a, a pressure from investors? Because at the end of the day, the, the goal should be the same, right? Like, or at least the goal should be made clear. And it's not like they haven't been willing to communicate with the community about it. On the contrary, they've been communicating. Some of them really shit well, on some of them. Some of them. <laughs> right. We can all think of at least one or two owners that are very vocal on this particular topic. Yeah. Yeah, I, but not. I mean, to even be fair, like Travis in, in those press conference interviews, they did give answers. Some of them were like kind of wish wishy washy. Some of them were like, "Hey, look, I actually do want to change. I just don't know what the change should be, and yeah. I, you know, I don't want a complete ab abolition of the rule. So it's not like, hey, they're you know, the, being cagey around the fact that they're like not, they need some sort of change, irrespective of it's because they personally just want to win or if it's business considerations. The point is that the, com, the comms on this have been so poor. Yeah. Right? That it's really hard to get anywhere constructive in this conversation between the three different parties. Uh, I agree with. Oh, sorry. Ovi, I was just going to say we we do need to run to other callers, but do you have? Do you? I know you said you had a, a third point. I don't know if you want to rush through it really quickly. Yeah, I'll rush through it really quickly. So I think the final point. Uh, sorry, let me just say one last thing very quickly on uh, Primal's point, which is basically that, you know, it may be that actually we're thinking about this a little too broad, and actually it may be the case that like this is potentially the feedback that owners are getting from their general managers or other folks who are like, hey, it's been like you know however many years performance at international events stagnant if not going worse where is the development like where is the scouting where is the and if the you know if you are self-interested in whether it's keeping your job or painting the rosiest picture possible the excuse is that it's the talent it's the it's the region and to be fair it's not entirely an unreasonable excuse like the NA ranked region, I don't know that the numbers are public, but like people have said publicly, LCS owners, that our ranked population is much smaller than China, Korea, or Europe. So I don't think that's a totally unfair argument. The last one I would just make is that this is something owners absolutely don't want to say, but frankly, right, leverage over players. There's no way to, peer, to really, I think, put that super well publicly. But I think there's an argument, not just in terms of like paying people less or more, because clearly there are teams that are willing to break the bank for imports. Um, I don't think it's purely about cost savings. I think, if we're being honest, with, right, there's not a huge pool of players to choose from in North America. And I have heard, Travis, you, you're more connected to league than I am these days. So I think you're probably the best source on this. But like, it definitely seems like 
organizations feel like if they're having problems with a player who's talented, their hands are a little bit tied because there aren't exactly a ton of folks to replace them with, or there aren't exactly a ton of. There's well, an I think they usually just pull someone from, from Academy and then sell them to yeah. TSM. Maybe that's the answer to the question. I think you solved it. Thank, uh, thanks so much, Ovi, for the call. <laughs> 80, 80, I, I hear what you mean, though, which is like this does change the dynamic between the owners and the the players and makes it so that they have a, a much broader pool of people, which is like something that's helpful for them both from a like, hey, I don't have to take the shit from a player who doesn't want to do the sponsor obligation, but also I can pay them less potentially. So, uh, Ovi, anything you want to shout out before we uh, take a quick break? I am good. I apologize for my lack of brevity. Not my superpower, y'all. But uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate no, no, it. I appreciate it's it. And I, I, again, I, I enjoyed having you on because I knew that you would have a different perspective than some of our other callers. So thank you. Cheers. See you, Ovi. See you. All right. Do you want We're going to take a quick break. Mike. Okay. What, what's that, Mark? You're Nothing. Asking. Yeah. Um, shout out to Alienware. Uh, I know I shouted out uh, them out last Wednesday, uh, especially a lot of the folks that are in Austin right now. Um, Sounds like a lot of them are getting uh, things back in order, which I, I'm happy to hear. But uh, really want to thank Alienware for their support of the show. Uh, you can I've seen a bunch of people tweeting stuff all the time at me uh, for both my sponsors about going out grabbing new desktops off their website, uh, ordering all these things, tweeting them. I just want to reiterate again tonight, as I do so frequently, that that actually really, really does help. I've heard from numerous people that work on this type of stuff that like other streamers other teams other people like that that get uh that get sponsored they don't have people like all of you listening to this watching this wherever um who will actually go through the the effort to like tell a brand literally to their twitter account um that that i was a factor in your decision to purchase that stuff so thank you so much to everybody who does that please go check out their monitors their desktops their notebooks their peripherals amazing stuff alienware.com travis use travis 10 off to save 10% on your order. Thank you to uh, to Alienware. Mark, you want to go grab our next caller? Sure. Uh, thank you. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Um, to, I think I got, maybe I didn't. Okay, Fudge, thank you for the sub. Jack Sandbox for the prime. Uh, Cindablock, uh, The Real Fox Shroud. Kyle0808 for 37 months. Azulis Noche. Uh, Lucentis, uh, Wolves, Wolves, uh, Porgol, D Fitch gifted a sub, uh, Beans, SS Bamola, Omelette, SSB Omelette, uh, Purple Ray Q, Ein Waltz Squab for, uh, 12 months, a whole year, Danny Grimm, Judek, uh, The Fritz, and Smoke Dog. We got Syndro here. Syndro, I think you've been on the show before, right? Several uh, times? Syndro? Can can you hear me? I can yes. hear you. Yeah, yeah. You've been on the show before, yeah? I've not been on the show before. Why do I recognize your name? Book, because, chat. Uh, book chat. Oh, you're in the book chat on Discord. By the way, everybody join the Discord and hang out. We actually have, we're building a decent community there, especially in the book channel. Uh, well, welcome to the show, Sandro. Where, where are you from? I'm from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah. So my call revolves around the question of NA's relative strength, other regions, and how the import rules affects it. So my take is removing import rules will not significantly improve NA's international success and will be the biggest blow to talent development in LZS history. Kind of a hot take. Kind of a, kind of a big one here. So can I get into it? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, so I, I feel like the teams, teams 
the owners specifically want this change to remove the import rules because they feel like it will improve the strength of our region, but I don't see the improvement being significant enough to justify the changes and, and the, the uh, issues that it might present. And first, I think you need to look at who are we going to re recruit? I mean this in general, as a general thing. In the discourse of this conversation, we've talked about it as like, uh, TSM is going to sign Dam One and 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 you know win the title for NA and that, but obviously that's an exaggeration that we've been making as a community. And most likely, I don't see the LCS putting together an international powerhouse or uh, of the region or you know just a team, because who's going to get recruited? Well, top players in China and Korea don't come to NA as much as they used to in the past. Um, we have some exceptions lately. We've, we've had Core JJ, and recently we've had Sword Art, and that's great. Um, but in general, this is this is um, becoming kind of a rare thing that only the top teams with the most money can pull off. It's somewhat less true with EU, but clearly Caps and Reckless have resisted NA salaries to stay in their region. Remember that although Jack is championing, championing this change somewhat, he's the one who couldn't bring Peanut to Cloud9. I cannot see top Korean Chinese players um, changing their minds just because in this uh, post-restriction uh, league that uh, we can have five slots instead of two. So are uh, Chinese and Korean players going to subject themselves to low-quality so low solo queue with high ping, all those things we talk about, as well as culture shock? Um, I th I'd say probably not. So no, players uh, of the top regions will, may very likely remain at home competing in, for their LCK titles. Others will stay in secondary leagues. Likely what will happen is the LCS will continue to get the occasional superstar, as we've kind of seen, and I mentioned earlier, um, who played their best games two years ago. I don't think Core JJ played his best game two years ago, but there's some, some like, we know, we've seen Crown, we've seen other players like Crown right. um, not working out. So um, clearly we can see that even if... Uh, that sounds a lot less exciting than signing Dan Wan. But so, so I'm getting to this. Even if, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say. So I mean, were you just gonna say we're only we're gonna be limited to like new talent or whatever? And so to sum it up, I think we're going to be limited uh, to to largely players off of uh, players off of Korean solo queue and also the occasional the occasional superstar that we are already getting. So that's the that's the why it won't work. So, so then. Just, so yeah, a lot yeah. of people in the chat are saying this is cold take, uh, but it's funny because I actually very much disagree with you, which would imply that it's not a cold take. I think one of the reasons why, and I'll make my thing brief because I know Primal wants to talk. Uh, I think one of the reasons why Koreans won't come over or LPL players won't come over, LCK or LPL players, I should say, won't come over is because they have to go play with like North American talent. And as you said, there's also like the culture shock element. But if you can say, hey, uh, awesome superstar from Korea, go find four other Korean players who are awesome and your coach and I'll hire a Korean GM and a Korean chef, like it's going to be a lot easier to get that player to come over. I think, and, and that's also one of the reasons why people have speculated that salaries would go down in the situation because no offense to Lost, who has been playing amazing, but you don't have to pay Sword Art so much if he's not playing with Lost. Instead, he's playing with like a player that he's played with previously, or somebody who is like not a, not as much of a fresh face. So here's um, why I disagree with that, Travis. I think that um, 
if you take a team that was the best in in Korea or five players that were really really good in Korea, you take away everything that makes them good in Korea, bring them to NA. They're probably going to perform a lot. They're not going to perform as well. Maybe you can convince them based on money, but um, are you going to are you going to tell them to take the chance on not uh, like not not performing as well because of all the all the disadvantages we have here in NA? I think that would be the difficulty in bringing them over. Oh, I agree. I don't think they would perform as well. I just think that they would tell themselves they will, and it'll work right. Yeah. All right. I want. Oh, we got the the pets on display. Yeah. Travis, where's yours? You have a. You have a. He's in the other room right now. Um, <laughs> pl playing league, I think. Uh, Primal, do you? I know, Mark. You were about to say something, but I feel like Primal was right about to say something. At, at Primal was call. even more about to say something than I was. Yeah, I got some thoughts. Also, this is Uzi. Um, yeah, like the LPL player. He, he's he's my import. He's retired. Um, okay. So yeah, uh, Syndra, thanks for first off for the point. You know, it's clear that you, you really thought it out. Um, I I disagree. Um, I think there's a few reasons why. So a there's a market dynamics question. Uh, I think actually a lot of although maybe at the top end, uh, Korean players do get paid more. So like the fakers and like the chovies and people like this are are just priced higher by the market. I'm pretty sure. Um, for a lot of the more average to like you know median type guys, they're actually not making more than they would make in NA. Um, and I think the I it's actually I was actually shocked when I found out that Korean player salaries are like actually quite low in some cases, like as low as like 30k US on some like pretty good teams. Um, so there's a, a lot more money in NA uh, for some of these players, and I think it's really appealing. I think to the second point that Travis was alluding to, uh, a lot of these superstars, they don't want to come over and be like one Korean-speaking guy on a team of like four guys who are speaking English who with questionable prospects of international success. So it's not that appealing. But if you remove the import rule entirely, and obviously there's some nuance here because we don't know what, what form the import rule would actually take. But if you removed it entirely, you could literally just bring a full like pretty high level team over like maybe you're not bringing Damon over straight up but we literally saw this in 2016 or sorry uh, 2014 like there was a team of five Korean players who were like top of or close to the top of their game who were ready to come over right before the rule right so uh i i disagree um i think there's more money here and i think the one of the few barriers to keeping a superstar from coming over would be removed in that they'd have like a group of there are compatriots from Korea who could just come over. They don't need to adapt to the local environment. They get paid and they can make it to Worlds probably more easily. Um, I think they would come over and I think they would have better international results, straight up. Now, would they win Worlds? Probably not. Like, I think still the top Chinese or Korean team is probably gonna be better just because top to bottom, the entire league is gonna probably be more stacked. Um, but there would be marginally better results. I don't think it would be worth it though. Uh, I think I, I land somewhere in the middle. I, overall, I agree with, with Sindra's point about like it's not going to make a huge difference because uh, I think that's what he led the take with, and it would hurt NA talent development for sure as well uh, when there's just less opportunities. Um, you know, and talk about discouragement on the ladder and all all the knock on effects from from not being believed in and having opportunities. Uh, I think that that would be significant. I also somewhat agree that I don't think we would ever get the top top here as a full team probably like um like take the griffin situation that happened where it's like that team was imploding 
Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are reaching out to Griffin. Um, and maybe in this world where we have the money to outbid some other teams, and like you're saying, that all five get to come over together would be a big incentive for why they, they would be able to stick together. Um, but I feel like what would be more likely would be like we would be the option for the team that's not currently the super team. <laughs> so like uh, SKT is going to have some nuts. So like everyone wants to play with Faker team. There's going to be some Chovy team, maybe some Showmaker team. And most of them will probably stay. And you might get one of those teams. You might get like the third one. And um, which is still a good lineup, you know, and like like you're saying, would probably be better internationally than some of the, the teams currently do right now. But um it wouldn't be significantly better and they would still fall behind because now they're playing in a, a worse environment as, as we've already highlighted. So like, I, I don't think even if you do, even in, in the, even in the good case scenario where Syndro's wrong and I'm kind of wrong and you are able to get like the second best Korean team, basically, uh, they're still going to probably struggle with a lot of the infrastructure things that are currently not, not up to par right now in, in NA. Yeah. And the story gets worse if this rule is removed globally, right? Because, again, if China also has no import rule... <laughs> then we're losing that bit war. That, yeah, like... Well, you say that, but there's a, if there's a salary cap on them and not on us... Oh, tr true. I don't know how high the salary cap is, and I don't know... The, and, the and the other thing is... But, yeah. Here's what you're forgetting, Primal. China's also good. They, they want an easy yeah. path to Worlds at the end of the year. So that's, that's the one thing that kind of happened with the WCS situation, I think... Uh, from my understanding of StarCraft, you know, I'm not as in on it as people like Azale and yourself probably, but you know, if you couldn't, if you didn't think you were going to win the Korean seeds for, for WCS, you went to compete in the NA tournament. And like, I, I think that's kind of what you would see some of those, those teams who are like, Oh, I'm not sure if we can beat this iteration of SKT. Let's go hop over there and, and try and snipe one of their spots. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the issue I was getting to is when you allow, when you open the floodgates, that means you're pretty much going to have, close to if not actually 10 teams of five imports and then what how do you convince how do you convince these upcoming teenagers and young adults to practice league of legends you know hours and hours a day to become to become pros not only do we not only do we delete like native talent from the lcs but we delete we delete na talent development and the concept of it well i think you know, one of the things I really want to sort of riff off is we were, we were talking a lot about LPL and LCK players, but this does what does not sound crazy to me is this. Uh, we we've heard from I think I saw the headline. I admittedly did not watch the video or the the article because I'm like your average redditor. I don't I don't. But supposedly Perk said that Yankos wants to come to NA, and so like is it that crazy to see the offs? Like let's say import rule got lifted right now. Is it that crazy to imagine a world where Jack is like, well, uh, thank you, Blabber. I've now sold you to uh, another team for a million dollars, and I'm going to use that money to fund bringing Yankos over. And then two years later, you know, or a year later or something like that, like Mickey, Mickey X's contract comes up, and you just, like, <laughs> like it's actually not that crazy. You, I, we've had such insane roster rumor stories and, like, all this stuff happened that you, you could imagine a world where you just rebuild like G2, obviously they don't, I don't think they'd have the success that they did, uh, you know, years later, maybe they would, no disrespect to those players. Um, but you, you could imagine a world where you start to kind of rebuild some of these teams as contracts expire over the course of like a two to three year period, which I think is very funny. Um, yeah. Sorry. One, one point I think, I don't, I don't know if we really properly address Syndro is uh, your point about NA talent development over the long term. 
this absolutely kills NATOM yeah. development over the long term. Like, just to be super clear, you're absolutely right about that. I think if you're a team owner, and again, I don't want to put words in team owners' mouths, but because no good words have been coming out of some of their, most of their mouths, I'm going to make up some words for them. Um, if you're on the extreme view and you really just want a no-import league, you don't re honestly, like, you, you probably don't care that much about investing in NA talent because you can get cheaper talent from EU, China, and Korea. But but right? like, I do want, just want to point out that the, the owners all, like Steve and and Jack, both said they uh, would want to invest. Sugar more, they the wouldn't want to do this. Go down, the medicine go down. Look, I, I agree with you, Mark. I think it's really weird to say that you feel like you can't win with NA talent the way it is, but you also want to invest. I just wanted to make be fair and so like they are like to 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 be honest like that is what they said. Wait, um, wait, so so to, I think we're strawmanging a little bit. Like I, what I'm saying is, if you want no import rule, you can't also say that I'm also I also want to develop NA talent. It just doesn't make any business sense. Like take all that money. Well, you they're saying it. In uh, so that's that's what I'd say. Uh, Hit streak in the chat says that he didn't say mm -hmm. it. For those that did not watch my video. They both of them said that they would like to see if this was a rule. They'd like to see some sort of like requirement that teams invest in North American talent more. I think Jack even listed the idea of like orgs holding their own little tournaments for like amateur and academy. And Steve teams mentioned like a, a tax you had to pay or something potentially. Uh, like if you're going to use X amount of import slots, you had to do something. I, I, I think I wasn't quite exactly sure what he was saying, but like some idea around that. Yeah, that like line, both of them said that they would all they would want to see both the import rule restrict lifted but then also further investment into the amateur and academy side now whether or not that makes sense i just want to be fair to them that's what they said i mean that sounds to, like to, a to, go ahead sorry to, to be fair i don't i don't think steve ever said it should be completely removed he said he said it's archaic right and we should revisit it but i don't think he was saying no import rule jack i feel like was saying no import rule um but, I mean, and they were both saying we should invest more money in any talent development. But it also depends where and when they said these things. Because like, there's been multiple shows and interviews over the last three years where where people have said different things. So uh, I'm not sure where the latest thing of what each of them are saying is too. Um, yeah. Uh, and and like you know maybe maybe they do want like it is true that you theoretically. Uh, on a business level, yes, you would just go for like the easiest way to success, which is probably be finding, if you have the money to do it, top talent from other regions. But you would also want to hypothetically develop your own talent too, to have the, the richest pool of talent to pick from. Um, but but realistically, what would happen would be the big dogs would pay the fine, limp it out there. We've seen them do this with Academy already. Like for the first two years of Academy, teams hated it. Team, teams thought it was a joke. I, I know for a fact that teams were like, I don't want to do Academy. I'm forced to do it. <laughs> uh, you know, like they did not take development seriously. So I, I can't imagine with a full import rule lifted that the any restrictions that they're imposed upon, you know, that Steve doesn't just pay that fine, eat it, and then go keep playing with his, his shiny toys. Yeah. And, and Mark, I mean, I'm curious to get your perspective as someone who is on the team side of this. Like, in a completely free market where there's no rules around NA talent, okay, even if you want to develop new talent, wouldn't you just develop new talent that you imported anyway? Like, yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that even TSM uh, kind of set outright was that we would want, to, we're a global org, we want to find talent where it exists. Presumably, yeah. you're scouring every ladder then, not just the NA ladder. Yeah. Uh, hey, Masindra, thank you so much for calling in. Sorry we don't have more time to talk, but uh, I'm... 
uh, you know, Mark and I rambled for too much in the beginning. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say before uh, we go um, on, like shouting out any amazing authors? Um. Uh. Yeah. Finish book three, Patrick Rothfuss. Sorry, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say that, but you know what? I uh, I believe it. I think you can say it. Thank you so much, Syndra, <laughs> for the call. Um, I appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks, Syndra. All right, on to oh yeah, Primal. I forgot you are also a uh, oh yeah, you tweeted here. yeah. I'm a book guy. Yeah. What's what's up? What's up next for you? Um, I'm thinking of reading The Expanse. So right right now I'm on a non-fiction uh, non-fiction like Eastern philosophy kick, but I've been looking for good fiction because sometimes it's kind of heavy reading. So I think The Expanse. I, I it's going to be a sci-fi or a fantasy book for my next fiction book. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Why would it be anything? The only thing I read. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're yeah. going to grab the next caller. Mark is off to grab them. Some quick shout outs to Danny Grimm. Uh, I, uh, I I think I already got it. Jadek, the Fritz, Smoke Dog, and Dank Memes. Oh, did I miss some back here? I hope I didn't. Amory Hen, Smiles Indie, Diving. Uh, I think I think I'm all caught up on the subs um, because nobody has subbed in a, in a while because people hate me okay we got uh okay wait how do i say your name because i want to make sure i don't you say it chong selmo okay uh you helped him chong uh can (laughs) where where are you calling from i'm calling from new jersey new jersey what do you want to talk about on the show so my take is that dignitas is going to finish over um tsm and eg but still behind the top three of hundred thieves team liquid and cloud nine what we're going to talk yeah. about an actual team in the league. Holy shit. What is this <laughs> what about the import rule? <laughs> I mean, I, I have an idea for an import rule, but like we did that a lot. Mine was about LMG back in 2014, but that's what dude, it is. Dude, this is, this is my take on Dignitas, and we'll definitely get to your point. Dignitas totally should be like, we're the fucking North American, Team America, America for the Americans team. Like they The need problem to get, is... Like, Golden Guardians did that, and then they had to make a roster change, like the next split, and people flame <laughs> them endlessly for like just betraying. Like once you do that, I feel like you have to hard commit. Dude, like they're not gonna win a split. Like let's be honest. Like just Ooh. commit now, you know, and, and rake in the good branding, man. You could be a get, good get like some, middle get some red on those team. yellow jerseys. Yeah. Get some yeah, red man. right here. Yeah. I mean, they deleted the no imports tweet, and we don't know why, but perhaps because they're like, actually, you know, maybe it would be nice to. Anyway, okay, so sorry, go ahead and elaborate on your dig your dig hype take. So I mean, if we're on the topics of imports, Dig has zero <laughs> imports. Um, and they already proved that they can beat TSM through letting them draft a strong bottom lane like TSM has been playing towards with Lost and Sword Art. Um in that draft they played more of a comfort style thing, letting um Saligo get his Azir. But just the way that they played against TSM just shows that they know what is good for them and how to punish teams who draft poorly because, like, that Lulu pick was not it. But I still think they'll finish behind Cloud900 Thieves and Team Liquid because um, even though TL is in a weird spot right now, they they did just beat Cloud9 this weekend, so they still look... Uh, like they're finally getting their gel gel together, and it's still clear that Cloud Nine is and Hundred Thieves, even though they slipped up this weekend, are probably easily the those are the top three teams. Primal, what do you think? Damn, this is the part where I'm gonna get flamed. Um, <laughs> so 
I don't think beating TSM makes you a contender for number one. So I agree with you that they are still below that top three Dignitas. Like, I still think my favorites for top three are Cloud9, 100 Thieves, TL. Maybe one of them doesn't actually end up top three because of, like, you know, their draw on the bracket or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'm saying I, I agree. And I think if you're looking at Dignitas beating TSM as, like, a sign as a, like a contender, um, you're kind of griefing yourself, so... Why are you guys all, you know, dismissing TSM? Haven't they popped off recently? I mean, I get it when we were being dismissive of them two weeks ago, but no, no, no. I think TSM's good, man. But I, I also think they're like their their team. I think I power ranked them at like number four, which is obviously not bad. But uh, I still don't think they have like a super distinct playstyle. I don't think they're great early game. I think TL is like kind of just figuring stuff out right now and they're gonna be online. I think C9 is still clearly better. 100 Thieves is a little bit more questionable, like in a meta where they don't have um, the ability to pick mid lane that can roam side lanes, like uh, TF or Galio and stuff like that. They might struggle versus TSM. I can see TSM being top three. I think it's really hard for me to see them number one. So TSM's good. Like I don't hate TSM. I think they look great. I'm super happy they're doing well, but uh, they're not in my mind a favorite to win the split yet. If, if you disrespect Dignitas right now, you get hate threats. Dom and LS didn't believe on, on Crackdown, or I think, I think it was, I don't know, whatever. They have like five uh, they, shows. It's hard it's to keep like track of them. Face check or something? I don't know. Oh, maybe it's face check. God, I, I'm so bad at keeping up with names. Either way, uh, they were like, ah, oh, God, they don't put any respect in Dignitas. They, they think they're going to suck. I mean, I think Dig's good. I think they're better than a lot of the teams below them in the standings. Like, I don't think the fact that they're up here is necessarily a fluke. Um, so in that regard, I, I totally agree that they, they, they're better than fly. They're better than CLG golden guardians, better than immortals. Like I think they're good, but I don't see the, the, the ceiling continuing to grow to the point where it's like, and there goes Saligo in a best of five series, fifth pick red side counter pick game five in the finals to shut down gents. Like, do you see that happen? Like, I just, I like that kind of stuff. I just don't see happening. Dude, I'm so ready for this clip to show up in a fucking YouTube video. <laughs> Dude, I, Imagine I can't that exact thing happening. Import analyst. Yeah. And they, just, they just cut my audio on top of, like, Sligo dumpstering Jensen. Uh, Dude, that so, would be hype. Like, <laughs> that'd be the best. Like, if you, if it, let me say this. This is the thing when, like, when you have a fucking opinion about the performance of a team, people are like, oh, they, they'll go back. Like, once a team gets an upset, it's like, oh, you fucking suck. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I'm going to ask you right now. If you had to put money on something, what would you predict? And I bet everyone would have the predictable C9, TL, 100 Thieves, top three, right? So no if it's actually game. something, when something's actually on the line, you're going to make the safe pick. I and mean, I'm not you, saying... you discount how many TSM fans would again say TSM, like, I bet you a lot of TSM fans would say TSM's going to win. Well, so maybe like... they're just so ride or die that yeah. like, they're willing to lose money for TSM. Great. Um... And I can see a world where, like, uh, Maybe Dig does have a better run than TSM specifically. Uh, maybe yeah. I don't think I wouldn't bet on that personally, but uh, I don't. I, I said for TSM, it's two steps forward, one step back. I expect so. Like this is kind of in line with my expectation for them. But maybe they falter and they stagnate and they they don't actually get better. And they won some games in the middle of the split playing Azir and Shen and, and Pantheon. You know, like who who knows where it goes from here. Um, but I think that they have some really good players on that team uh, and I, I would expect TSM to to shape up a little bit more. I look I have been covering this shit for so long. I am no analyst. But 
I have how many times have I been like towards the beginning of the split been like, oh wow, Dig actually looks really good. And I think I said this last last week too. I've been burned too many times to have faith in this team. Okay. There's always a period of time where Dignitas at one point in time looks really good. If they want to like shake up the narrative and shake up like how things normally go, then that's great. Go like kick ass and go fantastic and then show up and, and playoffs or whatever. But I just like I don't, I can't, I don't trust anymore. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's happened so many times. And, and for us, it's a win-win. Like, I get to predict what I think, which is that Dig is is not going to beat any of the top three teams in, in a best-of-five series in playoffs. That's that's my prediction. And if I'm wrong, it's fucking hype. Like, I'm not sad either way. Either I'm right or it's hype. Yeah. And plus, no matter what, someone's going to be pissed off. So you might as well say what you actually think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So true. All right, thanks for the call, uh, my friend uh, Chong. Is there anything that you want to say before we go on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, I uh, want to shout out Primal. I've loved seeing you on the cast. You've been doing a great job. Shout out to Mark Z and the whole casting team, and also shout out Game Fuel. Been drinking that since it came out. Thank oh, you. Thanks. Homie. One one of the Perfect. folks that that works with them is is in the chat right now, and uh, somebody earlier subbed. Uh, and and actually shouted out Game Feel with the sub, which was like, oh, it was Purple Ray Q, and they were like, what? People do this? And I'm like, yeah. Welcome yeah. to welcome to sponsoring my show. By the way, Wait, uh, can we, Travis, can we talk about literally how I went to the gas station and bought this goddamn Game Fuel, and I've been drinking the whole time, and you haven't said anything? Wait, Travis I didn't did see not that ask you were me doing to it. do this. This is Game Feel, bro. <laughs> is it? Did you crush it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I get into it. Of course, crush it. It's so so good. How it's so good. I'm so amped. <laughs> Game fuel, crush it. That's their <laughs> slogan. I don't know. That's not their slogan. I want to be clear here. We're not. We're not. Uh, you know, actually, you know what? Let's just screw it. I mean, we don't. We were going to do this every episode, but let's just do it. You're the Game Fuel victory caller. Congratulations. I don't want to teach people that they can just shout people shout out Game Fuel to get to get. It, but congratulations to Chong. You're the Game Field Victory Caller for tonight. I will message you. Uh, for those that don't know, if you are if you get win the Game Field Victory Call as a segment, uh, we send you a, a a case of Game Field. So I'll hit you up with the details on how to how to get that. But congratulations, Chong. All right, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one. Have a good one, guys. Okay. Good yeah, man. Well, why not? You know what? Why not just take the break and and since we're already talking about Game Field. Uh, Let's just take a break and, and shout them out. Shout out to Game Fuel uh, for sponsoring the show. We've had them with us for a couple of weeks now. Uh, even even Primal went and picked up a Game Fuel. Had you had it before, Primal? Nope. Okay. Well, I'm not going to ask you your opinion because if you don't like it, I don't want you to say that. Uh, on I'll the tell show. you after broadcast. Okay, okay. It, one way or another. He, but let's just all say that he liked it. Listen, I really like it. Uh, Mark is showing his cats. Mark was just drinking one at the very beginning. Uh, if everyone could do me a favor and go to gamefield.com, actually, I think, I think if in Twitch chat we have a, a link which you guys can can use, uh, uh, which I just I just pulled up with the command exclamation mark gamefield. If you're watching uh, on YouTube, you can also uh, click the link in the description. That would be fantastic. So uh, I want to address a couple things. One, we've had a, a sorry, I almost said a bad word during a sponsored segment. We've had a uh, a bunch of uh, people who have tweeted in at Gamefield and at me and been like, yo, I'm trying this. I'm trying it. You know, I, I tried this flavor. Or I got the uh, whatever. That stuff is awesome. Uh, and a lot of you are buying it through Gamefield.com. 
which is really cool because as I discussed last week, you have the victory pass, which is like this cool battle pass system where you can rank up and get all these different rewards and all that. You can also use code Travis uh, to save 5%. But some of you, listen, they're working on it right now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be candid here. I'm going to go off script and say, yes, as some of you might have noticed, there are a couple places in the U.S. that they don't ship to yet. I know they are working on it. But in the meantime, I have an Amazon link uh, that is on that Nightbot thing. If you do exclamation mark, exclamation mark game feel. And hopefully I'll remember to tell my uh, my uh, editor who handles the show to put this up on the uh, the YouTube thing as well. But if if you, for instance, go to the game feel site and you're like, wait, they don't ship to my state. Again, I know that they're working on trying to, to expand that. You can also use the Amazon link. And if you do that, it is trackable and it helps me out. So if you want to help us out, try some game feel. You can do it over at gamefield.com. But again, if, if for some reason it's not popping up, try that Amazon link, and that is helpful too. Uh, but we want to thank Gamefield so much for sponsoring the show. It's been great to have them come on as a partner. It's been really fun over the past couple of weeks, and, and the reception from all of you has been fantastic. So it's, as always, it's very appreciated. Uh, Travis, is it is it feline friendly? Because my cat could definitely use a, a game fuel right now. I, I am in no way whatsoever going to talk about whether or not people should... <laughs> feed this sponsor product to their animal that seems like i would be opening myself up to legal uh loss of sponsorship getting sued yes what 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 wouldn't you get in trouble nice try mark uh anyway let's go ahead and grab the next caller all righty um off mark goes oak silk gave five subs thank you uh, to having him on, I, some of the some people earlier were accusing Oak Silk of being a little long-winded whenever he first called in, and now some of you probably have subs, so I hope you feel guilty. Uh, Zex Volts, thanks for the Prime Core user Twitch gifted a sub. Uh, Chris Million, uh, Pro, Prof Plum sixty seven Hit Streak with the five gifted subs. Thank you, Hit Streak Jesse, uh, Bakeray, uh, and Popeye plays games. Nabzi on the hook, ladder slider. Thank you all. Uh, we got Kiki K's. Is that how you say it? Uh, what? What's that? Sorry. Sorry. Kakakazi. Kakakazi. Have you not watched Naruto? <laughs> like, no, I have not. Uh, I, I'm I a Kazi, but with a kek instead of yami. Kakakazi. Kakakazi. Okay. Is it like Kokage or like Hokage? Isn't that a thing no, too? No, ignore me. Just... <laughs> I, think I was being that also dumber than you. Term? I one-upped you. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you? Uh, where are you calling from? Okay. Uh, calling from New Jersey. New Jersey. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take was that if a hundred thieves continue playing or drafting how they are right now, they won't be top three NA by worlds. Bot uh, will probably fall into the hands of a team like TSM or maybe IMT. But this is only if they are playing like how they are currently. They can change. Well, are we using currently as their loss against Golden Guardians, a team that had only gotten one victory before? No, before that, that doesn't really have much of an impact. Just like the way, the manner in which they drafted and tried to play the like the games. Uh, yes, the Golden Guardians has some influence over it, but in every other game, they're also trying to go for the same exact type of style. By the way, just just to be clear, you said they'll fall to TSM or a team like IMT, right? Do you see Immortals? Yeah, yeah Immortals. Yeah. Okay. They, they, I, Immortals I feel are... like you're you're hiding your 
I feel this like that might be more interesting. Than, take? Yeah, it's no. just like a seat. Yes, a, tr- a Trojan horse immortals take. I think immortals has the highest like skill cap of any of the other teams besides TSM that could also be contending with the third place spot because oh. is showing up like. We're, you're breaking up. A, you're breaking up a little bit, Keck. So maybe Sorry. we'll. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's probably a connection issue on your end. Why don't we just go ahead and, and go off of your your initial take, um, and hopefully your internet will improve before we come back to you. Uh, but what do you, what do you guys think of this? Hundred T, how they've been playing? Uh, I'm I'm sad that the caller's uh, thing's a little shysty because I, I would like to hear what he meant specifically with the way they've been drafting, because um, that so- can mean a lot of things. The way they've been drafting and playing is a lot as like it's it's using their cohesiveness as a team that has had experience together to their advantage, which is which is useful and good. However, the fact is that they're relying on this on, on this and their mechanics too much, and they're drafting team comps that like if they fall behind, if they if they don't manage to get such a huge advantage as they have been getting. They will most likely lose games because the other teams, as LCS progresses into summer, will become better and better as well. So they they will be so it'll be harder to find these advantages that Hundred Thieves is finding right now. Okay. For example, in their game against uh, TSM, where they drafted like Sinja, Nidalee, Senna, Jason, Tom Kench, like their their team has no real way to contend with TSM in the later parts of the game, uh, except for, like, except for arguably Senna. And the fact is that they will need to find ways to get advantages, but in the, in summer, it, like, it's not guaranteed that they will find these advantages against good teams. And so when it comes to playoffs, where it becomes best of five, uh, teams will probably be able to prep in order to stop this extreme aggression. I think that uh, kudos for having an interesting take. I actually think this is an interesting take. So so just to, just to summarize, you're basically saying, hey, if 100 Thieves does not draft in the way that they historically have, which is basically Demonte on roaming mid laners and running globals and stuff, if they stay in this style that they're doing with like control mages, they will not be top three by end of the year, is what you're saying, right? I don't think the mid pick has uh, too much of a too much of an influence, just their overall style, because they're trying to like try to push into wave three and then dive uh, either top or bot a lot of the times. And like, so if Damante is on a is is on a mage or is is on a roaming champion, it, the same exact things will happen. Uh, so it's not actually really what Damante is playing. I think the team will be better if Demonte's not on a is not on a mage, but instead on a roaming champion. But it'll be roughly the same. Got it. Um, Mark, you want to go first, or should I? Oh, I'm interacting with Twitch chat because everyone's saying like this is an LS take, and I was like, huh? How is this? And I don't know. Right. Tech, are you an LS viewer? I mean, yeah, I, I think I've heard LS take us uh, say this before, but. Uh, Ellis wants them to like draft extremely safe and precautious. But, but I'm not. I'm not saying like to draft extremely like uh, for the scaling game. That, that that's the only way to win. But I'm saying that like the ways that they're trying to really take advantage of just dives on wave three and such 
is not going to work in summer. Okay, let's let's put Keck on pause so that we can. Yeah, it is it is a little rough, but um, what what do you guys think of all this? Uh, overall, I agree with the fact that Hundred Thieves has not been particularly impressive, and I think you can point potentially to some of their playstyle things uh, as well as draft. Um, they haven't had as much global playmaking as some of their earlier comps, um, and teams kind of just ban TF, and that's about it. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, and then DeMonte has been playing more control mages. He's played a lot of Orianna this split, as well as some Sintra and stuff. And um, it just doesn't look as good as when he's on these playmakers, which is kind of the opposite of what the take is, I think, from LS and the caller, which is like, hey, they need to get better at playing slower and safer, as opposed to forcing dives with these champs that aren't actually that great at it, potentially. Uh, whereas I would say, like, I would rather them find the champs that enable them to continue playing the way that they want to play anyways. So uh, that is still concerning, given the fact that the meta is about to change with the jungle. Um, it's going to have less uh, scaling in it with XP and gold nerfs. And so Closer, who plays Talia and Olaf a lot, like is probably not going to be as great. I guess Olaf's probably fine because he doesn't actually care that much. He just wants to be an early game powerhouse. Um, but either way, I would like to see them say, okay, forget the Syndra, forget the Orianna. I like the set mid. I like the global champs. I would love to see what else they can potentially find that allows for easy roaming from mid lane um, to continue going for these aggressive dives early. And I agree that you can't just be super telegraphed, like build a wave and dive, because people can tell like they're building a wave <laughs> and you can get the jungler down there and get your TPs ready. Uh, so overall, I, I agree that if they don't figure out how they want to approach the game. Right now, it feels like they're in a bit of an in-between um, that they, they could very easily get overpassed by some of these other teams. Um, but I don't know if I agree with the way you want to see them change. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think um, even even when there's a meta shift, I still think there are champions that they can continue to pick. Like, let's say we go to a meta where Echo mid is like more dominant, for example. That's a pick that Demonte played on Golden Guardians last year. And the team was like, relatively successful on it with, you know, um, not having someday top. So I don't think they should change like the fundamental archetype of how they play, which is like Demonte roams and they make plays make play side lane. Like I think they're good at it. I don't think there's a good reason to deviate from it. Um, that said, like I think I don't know if LS made this point. So maybe I'm sure someone in chat can link the clip or whatever. Um, but if the point is that like, hey, they shouldn't do this like super predictable dive at like minute six every single game. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a super solid take, right? You don't want to have a set play that you make every single game and everyone knows that you're going to do it. Like, that's the reason why even if you're CLG and you're known for making level one play every game, you don't make the same level one play every game, right? Um, but I don't think they need to drastically, like, re-architect how they play in terms of the roles that each player serves in the team in order to place top three. And um, part of the reason I have 100 Thieves rated, like, as a top three team at least for this split, it's just because of player caliber. I think they have really good players in all five positions. Um, and even if you want to argue that, like, I don't know, DeMonte's only situationally good, um, I still think that counts. I don't think he's going to be in a situation where he can never get on some of his core picks for the rest of the year. And I think the only team besides C9 and TL who has players of the same pedigree, uh, or not pedigree, caliber, is probably TSM, right? So I could see TSM overtaking them, but a lot of these other teams 
Um, I, I honestly just don't think without roster moves or just like a, a massive overperformance or like incredible growth from a, a set of development players um, just has the quality of players to surpass 100 Thieves. But yeah, of course, if they, if they maintain a super rigid style and make super predictable plays over game, absolutely going to fall off a cliff. One thing I'd throw in there too as well when you brought up like the quality of players, FBI and Someday are actually really, really good in team fights. And so maybe more to LS's and the caller's point, if you want to slow the game down and play around late game, they actually do have decent personnel for it. I'm a little less convinced of Closer and DeMonte in traditional front-to-back uh, team comps. It's not just, I know people are going to harp, harp on DeMonte, but I'd also throw Closer in there. I, I don't I don't think he's bad at team fighting by any means, but he definitely wants to be ahead of the game pace so he can kind of be the aggressor in team fights. And I don't know if, if he's, I haven't seen him have to play a style yet where it's like, okay, you're kind of just primary engage and you're not an actual threat yourself. Like I always feel like Closer wants to be a threat too. Um, so like, I, I think if you can find things that still work together with your mid jungle quite well, I actually would love to see them keep playing this play style. But I do think, you, you know, FBI is a fucking monster. Like, he's so good in team fights and stuff. And someday is legitimately a great tank player. I don't want to see him on tanks, but like, shit, the Jace game didn't look good. I don't know. I, I'm open to the idea, but it's just not some of their players' strengths. And I don't think you're, you would be well serviced to uh, adopt that play style when you, you can do the other one. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, someone made the point in the chat that EG, I left out EG, EG is really good, um, or rather has really good players, um, who I think can beat anyone in a best of five on a good day, but I don't think they're favored in a best of five versus uh, the top three teams. But EG is good too. What do you think of this caller? Yeah. Kick. I think that this is like, like the points are fine, yeah. Um, I also think that they should also continue to be focusing more on their own individual style, which is this more of a home heavy and like uh, playing cohesively as a team. I'm not saying that they should be trying to change into like, uh, they should strictly change into just a team fighting team that scales for late game, like old versions of Team Liquid or such, which, uh, so, and, and yeah, so it's just basically they shouldn't try to keep going for these telegraphed plays and uh, just shouldn't be trying to be too overly aggressive because some of the plays that they make, even for the sake of being aggressive and trying to get edges, are like they don't they don't need to make these plays to get edges. I mean, I mean, I guess I'm I'm with you. Keck, <laughs> I can't say that seriously. Uh, I love your name, man. Uh, I, I'm with you on definitely they need to stop with the set telegraph plays. Absolutely, 100%. I'm not with you on they need to com completely convert their play style to something more like Team Liquid. At the end of the day... Uh, I, I, I didn't say that they needed to... I, I said they shouldn't con convert to a team. Got it. Okay, uh, sorry. Like, sorry. They, should, they should make their... They should continue playing their style because that is like what is realistically going to be the their best style because it's only like a few split it's only a split and a half basically left so they, and they can't really convert into the team liquid type of style current like within that period of time so their best i their best goals is just to continue improving on their style but with caution well uh thank you so much Keck, for the call is there anything uh, that you want to shout out before we move on to our last caller? Yeah, I'd like to shout out twitch.tv slash clof. That is twitch.tv slash 
A-L-O-A-F-E. I think he's in the chat. Your uh, friend? A... Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Very good. Thank, thank you so much for the call. What a okay. homie. Okay. Uh, we, Mark, you want to go grab our, our last, our last <laughs> caller? Our last caller. Uh, speaking of, I think Clof subbed and sent a prime 13 minutes ago. So uh, thank you for the uh, the sub and perhaps the shout out. I don't know. Uh, Mega Man Music, thank you for the one year. Uh, Reichster, thank you for the two months. And Backlog Bandit, thank you for the six months as well. I'm really hoping we have a CLG take for you, Primal. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping this last one is because I, I'm going to be sad for you if you don't. I almost feel like, you know, maybe I'll convince Mark to extend the show a little bit so we can talk about them because I know. It Talk about who? About what? Uh, well, let's see. I I was gonna say I hope we get a CLG take for Primal out of this, but maybe maybe we'll just have. To oh, I don't pull after. CLG takes. Okay, core user, <laughs> uh, core user. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Steamboat Springs. That uh, sounds oh, yeah. like a like a, a fictional place. I really like it. <laughs> uh, it's really nice, kind of what, fictional. What oh, Disney oh, movie was that from? Yeah, I know. Uh, I Frozen, say. Frozen. Gotcha. Nice. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about, Corey? Um, I wanted to talk about some of the uh, drama between Reggie Jack and the community on social media. Specifically, um, just thought some of their reactions were um, maybe a little much. Uh, I think the community has a great asset in having owners that are willing to engage and like do so in a non-boring way compared to a lot of traditional sports. But at the same time, suggesting that one of the best supports in the league would work at McDonald's if the import rule was gone. Um, and then some of the things that Jack was saying as well, I just thought were kind of, you know, there might be a line there that they crossed. Um, and I think you could kind of see that in the reactions from some of the, uh, many of the people in the community, including some people on this call, um, to that tweet with some incredible memes. Um, so essentially, I feel like the communication around this whole issue has been not amazing from their point of view, not only for the social media part, but also some of the other calls talked about how the owners haven't really been responding very well and clearly to the questions from media like yourself, Travis, um, around what their take is. You know, they say that maybe they're not very distinct. Some of these people that we're talking about were more clear on what their take was, but um, I think overall they should be more clear with the community. They owe it to the community. This is a huge issue on what their opinion is and when they are. I think just like a certain level of, um, you know, understanding that everyone is uh, um, working towards the same thing and maybe not being quite so harsh towards uh, towards Vulcan in this scenario, I guess. Um, I think he kind of maybe paid the price for it. Core, um, um, so go ahead. I, I have a question for you. Uh, in fact, I'm going to write a couple notes because there was something else that I wanted to, to talk about as well. Taking notes on our show now. What's happening? I know, I know. Um, but, I, I, Core, I know that uh, I, I do want to address what you're talking about, which is sort of the, the status of the stuff. But you, one of the things that you were saying is that the owner should be more transparent, answer more stuff. I'm actually, for the first time ever, I'm going to ask you for advice. I don't know what to do uh, because <laughs> the owners and Riot don't want to talk about this stuff. And they seem to be wanting to sweep it under the rug now. I am, I know that if I keep covering this stuff, like it's already starting to happen. People that are watching the show are on my YouTube are getting fatigue around it. And I think that the strategy they are using is let's just bury our heads in the sand and hope that this goes away. So I'm curious, like, what would you like to see 
from me and other people to try to make sure that the conversation stays around and like perhaps at some point in time they need to say something um, without also bringing about like a great deal of fatigue to the people who are like, I've heard this a million times. Yeah, I think it's, I don't think I have the answer, but my opinion as just a fan and a member of the community would be, it's a little bit like uh, you could take the strategy of like the GameStop craze and everything where you have to just keep riding it to the moon the whole way and certain people are going to fall off the wagon, but that would definitely um, harm your viewership to your point. I think the one player in this that I don't know if you've reached out to them, I assume you have, has Riot given comment on any of this at all? Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about what the owners think about it, but I'd be curious to hear, I think you had put out a, a potential statement that Riot could put out, but they haven't put out a statement. Is that correct? No. So, so the two things that have happened so far is, uh, and so I, I did a video, people can go check it out. It went up a couple hours before this where I talked about this. But like I reached out to them for a statement when I first talked about this on the show like three weeks ago. Um, and at the time they said no comment. I reached out to them again on Friday. And admittedly, there's like the weekend and all that stuff, right? But like I've not, the, there was just no answer for the, to the email the, now. Like now they, I won't even get a no comment. I just get no response. And so that's sort of the thing that is, is difficult for me is like I don't know there's there's almost a sense of you know people trying to kind of freeze out the topic so that it'll just hope it'll go away and i don't know how to address that i mean uh, they kind of have the power in that sorry go ahead oh i, well, I was gonna hop back on to like the whole uh other angle because travis is trying to get career advice right now and i, I yeah, was no, i mean it's just take. it's it's i've never been in the situation before where there's like a standoff between like well we're just going to pretend that this isn't happening and then i need to cover it but also people and so look core is like a great person to talk to because obviously he's caring about this stuff and i'm curious how he would like to see it covered um, I mean, the one thing i'd say is it reminds me a lot of how things generally work in any large organizational system like the government where you're trying to get a certain bill passed and you don't want to talk about a certain topic so i'm sure they'll bring up other things like oh we'll invest more in na talent as like a distracting factor and they're just not going to talk about the rest yeah Sorry, Mark, uh, you want to go back to his initial question? Well, yeah, so I want to go back to some of that stuff because some people in Twitch chat are like, oh, well, Reggie never said he'd work at McDonald's. You know, he yeah, I was going to point that out. To be clear, he wasn't like you'd work at McDonald's, but he did say you'd be paying minimum. And I don't know if he meant minimum salary or minimum like within the LCS rules or a minimum wage. Given that he said you'd be out of a job, I'm leaning towards the latter. Not that like all the money would go and you'd be earning minimum. You know, like... Who knows exactly what Reggie was thinking? But either way, it's not a good look to be implying that some other person is should would be earning minimum wage without your money. Uh, and it's that's also kind a of look. a weird way to use minimum wage earning as an insult too. Like, yes, it's very. I mean, there's, a, class there's a lot of problems yeah. to dig into with that. Um, so, like, whether or not he specifically said McDonald's or not is like such a non-factor in the conversation of like you shouldn't be saying that to other players in the league. Uh, as well as the fact I see this repeated a lot. That like, oh, pro players wouldn't have any careers outside League of Legends if, you know, the, the league folded or something like that. And that might be true for like some of the straight out high school guys, but like quite a few of league pros in North America, at least, are decently, like had some decent education before, it seems like, either in collegiate or what. Or they went uh, off like, to go get pro, like 
working at game companies or also people like people go get jobs. A lot of them are programmers or have some sort of tech experience, which is usually a pretty good industry to fall into if you have to. Uh, Like someone told me this. I don't know how true this is, but apparently Blabber was like at some like Microsoft coding seminars shit when he was like 18. Uh, Lemonation is like another example of someone who's had had a career. Like I, I don't think that this is, I mean, if you really want to dig into like the the socioeconomics of what it takes to go pro and league versus like traditional sports, I just don't think it, it's really a similar situation at all. Uh, like where where you know people are coming from and stuff. Yeah, that that and uh, I mean, look, it's. <laughs> Even if all these guys would be at minimum wage, I'm definitely not not saying they they are. It's it's still a shitty thing to like. <laughs> Shit, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like it's just not it's not relevant. It's kind of classist. It makes it sound like working on minimum wage is like makes you a lesser person or something. Like it, it was just a shitty take. Um, I do appreciate that these owners are in the community and like Jack's jumping on Reddit and Reggie's in, on Twitter, but I would hope they reflected on that as not one of their prouder moments. Right. And and again, like for me, the whole issue here is like, okay, great. They're willing to communicate on these topics, but they're not willing to like communicate in a more premeditated and intelligent fashion. And that's what we actually need. Not like random Reddit comments here and there, not random Twitter takes uh, that are attacking people. So I mean, we just I need a higher level of discourse around this across the board. I like I've I. I echo a lot of what you guys are saying where it's like, it's nice that a lot of we have, look, I would rather have a Jack than an Ari. Ari, a lot of you guys probably don't know at all. Cause he's the guy that runs immortals. And like, you never hear or see from this person. You know, maybe there's reasons for that, right? Maybe it's like, Oh, we want to put out like, uh, our, our Mike, who is uh, their GM. I, I think GM, maybe he's head of competitive or something a little higher. I, I like Mike a lot, but like, I think it is disappointing when other other owners aren't there. But to your point, Primal, like, I I wish that Reggie would have had a good conversation about it. TSM actually the only team that did not have an executive, um, in the media conferences. Right? Like, it's just it's disappointing to see the lack of like these player these owners are usually great at engaging with the community having fun you know on hotline league we had reggie and steve uh do like a challenge a couple years ago uh, like a, that was a you know questionable underneath league rules but like a bet on stuff like they there are ways in which these owners can come out and have great conversations with the community they can appear on these shows they can do these interviews and it's just disappointing that right now we're we're seeing like well, the weirdness around this instead yeah i think uh for me it's not like i want different levels of transparency i just like I overall like the league owners or uh, some of the, the CEOs and stuff, how close they are to the scene and how accessible they are and transparent. But uh, it's also to Kaizen's point, like, hey, that's not good behavior. And I think you can just point out when that's like, hey, that's not a line you should be crossing right now. Like that's different than saying, oh, I think owners need to pull back and have PR teams checking their tweets and stuff. Like, I don't want that. That's not yeah. my point. Just that like, that was a bad instance of like, you know, what can happen. When, people when on people... Twitch chat pointing out Bjerg is an owner. That doesn't mean he's an executive. Uh, just because he has a shares in the company doesn't mean that he's part of the executive leadership of the company. Maybe he is. Yeah, we all own GameStop. Described in that way. Yeah, I'm an owner. I'm a GameStop owner. I'm um, the owner. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, 
no, I, I appreciate the, the call core because I think it is it is good that places like this show, people can say like, hey, don't represent the league by publicly going in on players on other teams and saying that they would be paid minimum wage. It's just like not a good look. It's just, I don't know, it's embarrassing. And I, also, by, by the way, shout out to Vulcan for handling it like an absolute champ. <laughs> yeah. He completely flipped it into a meme. It was great, so... Good uh, Primal, I look. Feel free to to dodge this question like an owner answering one of my questions. But uh, if do you think Reggie gets fined for that? Ooh, damn. Uh, I mean, I just don't know how they run league ops now. You know, I think back in the day, yeah, I think that's a finable offense, right? Like, it's like incredibly denigrating comment going after a play a player as a person. Um, it's certainly conduct unbecoming, but this is just my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly I not understand. representing Riot, but I mean, it's always tricky because with this kind of stuff, like you do have to have really hard grounds, right? Because it's it's subjective. Like, does this cross a line? So maybe it doesn't technically cross the line, um, but yeah, I think this is the kind of thing that you would want to look at and at minimum have a conversation. Like, hey, look, this is not how we want our owners talking to anyone, let alone a player in the league. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Core, uh, for the call. I really appreciate it. Is there anything you want to say on the way out? I uh, just want to thank you guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Appreciate the good work you do, and uh, thanks to the sponsors. Primal, you're a beast. Keep it up. Oh, thanks, Core. Yeah, have a good one. Hey, uh, Mark, I know, I know we're over time. Uh, but All right, so what is it? Two things I really want to get through. One is... I wish the Players Association was saying anything on this. Um... I, I know I, look, maybe people are fatigued with this. They can stop listening now. But one thing that has happened is I reached out to the Players Association for an interview. Um, and I was told, like, hey, we're going to figure out if we want to do this interview, um, but we're going to put out a statement regardless. Uh, since then, I've been told that they made the decision not to put out a statement and not to do the interview. So they're just going to be completely silent on a situation that I like if, if the players association has no, no public stance on this, what is this group going to stand for at all? People can go watch this interview that I did with DeMonte. I think I'll probably post it live tomorrow, but I was streaming it earlier today where he kind of just laughs at the players association and, and he, sorry, I shouldn't say he's laughing at them, but I Wait, say, who, who, I sorry? ask him, I ask him, he had said, I'm a player. What can I do about this? And I'm like, well, what about the Players Association? And he kind of laughed about it and said, like, I don't know what's going on with the Players Association. Which, so, like, which player laughed? Sorry, I missed that at the beginning. Uh, DeMonte. Oh. <laughs> so, I love DeMonte, man. Well, like, I requested an interview with him. I think one thing that also I feel really, really uncomfortable with is the fact that Vulcan tweeted this weekend and said, like, oh, I wasn't asked about this on the broadcast, and I had, like, a whole big answer to talk about it. Now, I'm not surprised that the LCS broadcast is not asking him about his altercations with Reggie or his stance on the import rule. But, like, I also requested an interview with Vulcan, and I uh, unsurprisingly did not receive uh, an acceptance for that uh, through Cloud9. You know, I'm not trying to call it Cloud9 here. I'm just saying, like, the dynamics of this is really difficult, where the players obviously have opinions on this. Obviously, this impacts them dramatically. Vulcan ready to share stuff in an interview 
not able to do it. Players Association not making any public statement about it. I just like, like it's it's frustrating to me because it just feels like this is a sign of a very unhealthy ecosystem, where this would affect beyond the viewers, the players the most, and there's just no like that again. There's just nothing other than other than brave people like Vulcan, who I do give a ton of credit to saying something. And also, um, you know, in the TL AMA today, Santorin said something, Alfari said yeah. something. So there are people saying stuff. It's just like, I don't know. It's frustrating. Uh, who's the, who's the head of the players association now? So it, you, so Darshan is the president, uh, I believe, but, uh, Hal Biagas was the guy that was, they had hired to, to run this stuff. There's some interviews and stuff out there with them. Uh, they, they discontinued their contract with him last year. And so they don't have like a non player person to, to represent them at this time. I believe they're looking for it. I mean, people can go look at the Darshan interview I did at the end of last year. So like, I'm not trying to blow up Darshan here. I think he, he yeah. legitimately does care about the players and I know he's in a tough situation, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, definitely not blowing up Darshan and also he's, he's on C9, right? So yeah. he's on C9A, so kind of a compromised position. I mean, first priority should be they need to replace uh, what was his name? Hal. They, they yeah. need to yeah. They need to get their uh, outside counsel or whatever a fucking sap. Um, and then yeah, this is certainly an issue that should be top of mind for players association. Like, what could be more important than the import rule for them? Um, Nothing. That's what. Figuring out which fast food chains to apply to. True. I'm partial to Burger King myself. I'm you know. I, really I would go Jack in the Box, I think. I love Jack in the Box. Oh, don't they have... Do they have, like, egg rolls at Jack in the Box? Sorry, I feel like I'm completely undercutting how serious Travis is. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. Uh, so, so... Uh, really fries me. I, I think the other really quick thing is... And I just wanted to say, throw that out there. Uh, but the other thing is, like, hey, Primal, how are you feeling about CLG? Damn, dude. All right, so here's the thing with CLG, man. Like, for those that don't know, know Primal's a huge CLG fan. So. Pe pe yeah, I'm a I'm a big CLG fan. I think I'm allowed to say that. Whatever, I don't work at Riot anymore. I can say it. Um, oh yeah. So like, I'm a I'm a big CLG fan, and like sometimes I ask myself like, why am I like doing life on hard mode by being a CLG fan? And it's because when you do win, it's it's like it's like heroin, dude. Like it feels so fucking good when CLG actually succeeds. Like like. 2015 Madison Square Garden, I will never forget that, right? 2016 MSI, Dixay popping off internationally, I will never forget that either. So you must be like the least frequent heroin addict of all time. You're I guess never so. scoring smacky. Just... I guess so. I'm always Jones in. Well, it's so but, funny because you're like, it's so <laughs> great. It. <laughs> it's so great when they pop off, but they popped off for like two years. They like suffered. CLG was suffering until 2015 when the MSG thing happened. Then they did well in 2016. And so it was like almost like a 12 month window. Well, hold up, hold up. How many teams in, in North America have ever had any success? No, I know. I just, it's funny to me because it's, you're no like, it's so good when they pop off. And in my mind, it was like, it was so good that those two times when they popped off, when they used to pop off. Like this. So organization has done it. People didn't people wait for like a hundred years for the Chicago Bears yeah, or whatever yeah, the hell yeah, that game you, is to you. win. You're right. And then it was hype as shit. Yeah. I'm willing to wait a generation 
for CLG to win again, okay? <laughs> that's okay. that's the, the expiration date on your fandom is one generation? <laughs> one generation. Because at least if they, at least even if they don't win, I know I was a real one and not a bandwagon. Is there anything after Zoomers yet? What is the next generation? Or know, are man. we still waiting? But Primal, do you, do you believe in them? In Zoomers? No, <laughs> no, no. In CLG, this CLG. Year. Like, do you think? Do you think? Okay, we're what does we're, believe in them mean? We're at the halfway point of this of this split. Like, are they going to get it together? Is Pope going to come back and save the day? Like, what? Like, I'm I'm just curious because I I do think they are an interesting narrative right now in a way that maybe sometimes they're kind of boring. So, I mean, at this point, there's no way they make playoffs. Sorry, like I've already written them off. I'm more looking at summer. I think in summer they can make playoffs with. Uh, I think RJS is actually showing signs, like really good signs of having potential. Um, <laughs> so I think if RJS develops a bit more, if Finn maintains the current level of play that he's showing on Aatrox and just generally speaking as a carry player, um, even on Orn, he was like getting solo kills, which is kind of cool. Um, and if Turtle maintains his level, even if he's sometimes a little bit in, I can see them making playoffs next play. Mark, I've been thinking this past weekend about. Do you remember the call that we had during the off season that they said they said CLG was the bar, where mm-hmm. where like for teams like Immortals and Golden Guardians that are taking these bets on new talent, they have to beat CLG in order to prove that it makes sense to actually invest into like rookies and stuff like that, and that they would be the bar. Or like if you yeah. can pass this, you're good. And boy, having CLG at the bottom of the standing certainly feels like it's better to invest in like. Golden Guardians and Immortals talent than than in what? No, I think it's just really unfortunate for CLG that every other team worked out so well. I guess that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, this has been a fun episode. Uh, it's been really fun. Uh, Primal, you've been a, an amazing uh, co-host and, and guest on the show tonight, so I really appreciate it. We'll definitely try to get you on if you haven't been burned out after this one. Um, no man, this is super fun. Um, I, and I just want to, you know, I'm shilling, shilling Travis Gafford on TGI Industries stream. But seriously, man, it's really important to have independent journalism in this space to like have these conversations, right? Like Riot can't really have these host these conversations. The teams can't. So I'm glad that you've built, along with Mark, an uncancelable platform to have like real conversations about this kind of stuff. I mean, you say that it's really important. You say that, you but the longer it. I lean on this, we'll see how many interviews I get and how much coverage I get at events of that type of stuff. I do worry about that a little bit. Um, but well, I, I mean, people people notice, right? And yeah. like this does have an influence on the zeitgeist. So keep yeah. keep going, man. I I really do appreciate that. Well, let's do a round of uh, shouts and plugs. Mark, what do you got for us at the end of the episode? Nothing. Get me out of here. Really? I what What do you think happens in my life every week? Fucking nothing. It's the same <laughs> shoutouts every week. Primal, what do you got for us? Uh, thanks for having me. If you guys want to follow me, just watch the LCS. Uh, I guess you can follow me on Twitter. I'm kind of a boomer. I don't. I only started using Twitter literally because of this LCS gig. I, don't I know. Really... I saw it. it was so funny. I followed yeah. you for a long time. And I just, just all of a I don't really fuck with social media like that, man. Yeah. I use like Twitter for my job. I use Instagram to flex the girls, and that's it. So anyway, watch me on the LCS. Shout out to Game Fuel and. Uh, Thanks for watching, guys. Is that why your Instagram is just uh, pictures of the dog constantly? I mean, I also love my dog, but it's a win-win, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's I see you. Uh, for me, listen, all I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to get you interviews. Hopefully, I will. Uh, but hopefully, I'll continue to have interviews over on my <laughs> Gyoto 
Andre spamming your your Twitter tag in the in the chat primal. Um, hopefully, I will continue to have Love interviews it. on the channel. But I do have a bunch of stuff hitting the channel around this. We're going to do a run it looking at, I think, imports versus native talent and how it's done over over the years. It might actually not help the case. Um, but <laughs> but we, got, we got some stuff in the channel. Uh, thanks, everyone, uh, for, follow, for following and watching and all that stuff. And uh, this has been Hotline League, episode 161.